Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keen. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Samaritan, released by United Artists and Amazon Studios on August 26, 2022. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Javon Wama Walton, Pilu Azbeck, Dasha Polanco, uh, Moises Arias, and Martin Starr, written by Braji F. Shoot. Directed by Julius Avery. I'm very curious to hear what you thought of this movie. Uh, my my general consensus of my thoughts on the movie, I guess, it just doesn't need to exist. I'm not sure why it was made. I don't really know what the point is. I'm not sure if there was supposed to be some like ooh, the intellectual property that they're creating that's going to be lucrative. It's just it exists. I mean, I I see. I know you're coming from when it comes to like there is something a little bit eye-rolling about this movie's point of view where it's like we're gonna do comic books differently and oh a new take on the comic book hero it's like come on this there's been a hundred movies like this there's nothing unique about this movie so in that sense i get it but i actually kind of enjoyed this movie wow all right well i'm gonna be interested in that i here's so i think this may be the same issue that I had when I went into uh, Rambo Last Blood expecting Logan. Right. I went into this, and I don't think I watched the trailers, but just the concept, what I thought, I thought this was going to be, you know, so if if, if that was going to be a ripoff of Logan, I, I thought this was going to be a ripoff kind of of Hancock with uh, Will Smith. Sure, yeah. And it clearly wasn't that at all because, you know, Will Smith, Hancock was like, everybody knew who he was, right? And he was a, a fallen hero. Right. People knew who he was and needed PR. Like, no, this, you know, I guess I should have seen the trailer because I would have seen, all right, no, he's in mass. So people don't know who he is. That's what I was expecting. And I, I won't say that I was disappointed that it wasn't that because I didn't want regurgitation of something I'd already seen. But I don't know. This, this feels like kind of wants to be Watchmen in a way. It just, it, it or the boys, it just, it feels like, yeah, it's going to be something different on comic superheroes. I'm not sure how different it really is, but See, you, I, I think, have a different take, so well, I'll be interested. Well, I, the movie I would compare it to is Unbreakable, which is another one okay. of these, like, it's comic books, but what if it was real, you know? And what if it was, like, a blue-collar take on superheroes and all this stuff? Which, you know, I... As, say what you will about M. Night Shyamalan. Obviously, his career went places, <laughs> all sorts of different places. Yep. But I think early in his career, I, I thought that was a good movie and an interesting take on it. And I, I, I agree. It's my favorite of his movies, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, and I don't think this movie is doing anything that you've never seen before, even though I do think it has this. It, it does. It just felt to me like the filmmakers being like, you know, this is a new take. It's, it's not really. It's oh, we, not, We've seen it before. Not at all. I mean, I, I, I didn't. That's, I think, my criticism. It just it feels like this is just more of stuff I've already seen in other places. Sure. Oh, to I, to I a agree. point that some of it even feels a little bit like Rocky. A little bit with, I don't know, the, the relationship with Joe and Sam, the kid. I don't know. His, like, once he discovers, you know, that he, you know, he really is Samaritan. Uh, yeah. Well, I, we, should, we should give spoilers right now since this is a pr- oh, less than a year old. Knew. That's That is fair. I forgot but about I that. I want to talk about that, uh, that he is Samaritan and... and, and quotes that's right. already a spoiler um but I, I do want to talk about that twist but anyway sorry continue I didn't so i yeah so there were elements that actually felt like i in a way sort of like rocky that not you know it's a little bit it'll teach me to fight but it wasn't just that it was just sort of stallone's performance and his choices as joe when he opens up and isn't you know just a gruff garbage man that lives next door right so even that it felt like it, 
it derivative is probably the way that that's the shorter way for me to sum this movie up is derivative. Yeah. And the villains are very much like, there's nothing unique about them. We've seen like a villain like this a million times. There's, there's nothing. Yeah, it, it, it's a good point. That's also what I've always said. A great action movie needs. The villain is not good in this movie. Yeah. I, I think there is a seat. I wonder how much of this movie was changed while it was waiting to come out because this was originally supposed to be released in theaters in like, I don't know, October 2020 or something like that. So like not obviously, a great time. obviously it got pushed back and then pushed back and then suddenly it's like, it's an Amazon streaming movie. It never came out in theaters. And, and in that time, a lot happened in the world and, and given what this movie is about and it's, you know, what it what is it trying to say? It's not really clear as far as like superheroes. We're going to examine them in a different light. It's like, well, what light are you trying to examine them in? It's not really clear. And I, th- I wonder if, you know, for instance, the George Floyd protests scared them off of some point of view or, or vice versa. I don't know. I don't know which direction they were coming at it from, but I wonder if just current events have made them, made them go, okay, all social commentary, take it out. Because it's interesting, The, the I think the movie this, this, uh, that Samaritan wants to be the most, it wears it on its sleeve in a couple of scenes where there's a RoboCop arcade game in in the... You're already getting to my little details. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we were going to talk I don't even about... have that much on this movie. You... Keep going. But... But, I want, but I do think this movie wants to be RoboCop more than anything. Obviously, it's not that. and It doesn't have the satire that RoboCop has. But I do. it is like a comic book premise, but placed in this really grimy kind of... Gritty, yeah. You know, it's presenting this like economically depressed world and you know all this urban crime and ur- urban blights and it wants to be that it's not that it's obviously falling short of that but i don't know it it, it is doing a very basic thing but doing it well i th- i thought you know the the direction and the performances and most of the writing other than the villains which is just like what do they want it just i think because it felt to me like stuff was removed in the interest that of maybe- definitely did certain scenes for sure i'm like what there has to be more that was here. Yeah, there's the, a few that I called out, and you probably did too. And w- when we get into the plot, we'll talk about it in detail. But like you know, the 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 backstory between Samaritan and Nemesis, it's like, it's like non-existent. Yeah, what what is the conflict, and what are we even supposed to take from this? Yeah, it it needed more context. But I don't know. As an action movie, it built to a relatively satisfying action sequence for me. I enjoyed that last action sequence. I, we'll I, talk about it. I would agree with you there. That's probably what... I, the, the two things I would take away that were probably the most enjoyable, I think Stallone's uh, relationship and performance with you know Sam... I, I forget who the, the child actor is. I, so, Javon Walton, okay. probably. Second build, so yeah. it's got to be. So, I mean, those were some of the strongest scenes. And, yeah, I do think the build-up to the act, when are you going to get to the fireworks factory? When you actually got to the fireworks factory on the action, I do think it was pretty good. Those were probably the two best things. The, uh, I think just the problem for me was why it isn't an enjoyable movie. I didn't make the connection on RoboCop. You're right. That probably is what it's trying to be the I, most. I only brought up the arcade game because I think that's why it's there. It's a signpost to say, this is what we're, yeah. we're aiming for. And I'm a dunce and miss that. I think it's because I became so laser focused on the the social commentary you will or we're going to examine superheroes i immediately I, you know the, the source material for me is watchmen so that's what i am i was trying to find is this trying to be and if so i'm like well no not really because there's not enough there's not enough connections and it's certainly not as well written or as well done as watchmen but you're right i think it it wants to be robocop and the problem is it it doesn't have the satire but it also is missing i think your hero you don't root for as much as you do, at least for me, Murphy slash RoboCop. Yeah. And the villains, it's not even close. I mean, 
RoboCop has actually two great... You could even argue three great villains. It definitely has two great villains. Yeah. That's rare in a movie, and that's... It, it, we've said it so many times, but I'm going to go back. I think that's what makes a satisfying, enjoying action movie. I've got to have something that's driving me. Oh, I don't like this guy, and I want him to get his comeuppance, but it's got to be... He's got to have something to work with. And there's only one villain in this movie, and it's, he's... I'm not going to blame the performance. I don't think there's much there. I think ultimately, and you know, we can get... Like, I don't want to spend too much time right up front on this, but ultimately, I think this is a movie that wants to paint in shades of gray when it comes to hero and villain. I mean, the the twist is For obviously, sure. yep. at the end, is an indication of that. It's a very fine line between clever and stupid. It's a very <laughs> fine line between hero and villain, right. right? Yeah, and I think it's trying to say that, well, he whatever, he says something at the end about, like, you know, everyone's got good and bad in them, whatever his, the, his thing is at the end. And, and this movie falls short of depicting that, and it doesn't really explore that. But, you know, that's a that's a tougher thing to explore than RoboCop who is essentially, you know, he's he's a he's being taken advantage of and the villains in that movie are very villainous. There's not there's not a lot of shades of gray in that movie. No, not at all. So, you know, I think in some ways they were trying something a little more complex, but I don't know if it's because things were removed or because they just didn't, you know, didn't land land it, right? I I don't know, but um I don't know. I, I think it's just Maybe I enjoy it because I see the potential. It's it's unfulfilled, but I think there's a lot of potential in the way this this kind of superhero world is presented. But it's obviously also deeply flawed. So I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say it was like incredible. I'm not going to run out and buy it on Blu-ray or anything. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. What day is it? What year? All right, uh, the history part of the show where I give context of what was going on in the ancient history of <laughs> August of 2022. <laughs> well, all right, so I mean, uh, given my memories, I may need some reminding. <laughs> Actually, when I went back to the history, I kind of did because you know, you live stuff, sometimes you do forget. God, so. I was in, we were in this house when this movie came out. <laughs> And I feel like well, we just came out. By the way, was released right. on a streaming service. I feel like we just moved, and we were in, we were living here when this movie came. Time out. really it's does insane. fly, man. All right, so I will remember to lead off with the Rotten Tomatoes. I'll let you. There is it's a pretty big divergence, and bigger than I actually thought it would be. I saw the critics. I didn't see the audience. All right, so thirty something. Yeah, thirty eight percent for the critics. Yeah. Audience score. It's a pretty big divergence. So what do you think? I'm going to say 60 ish, sixty five. Wow, very close. Seventy percent. So okay. pretty pretty high audience score actually. Uh, so I think the more of the audience is shading more with you than than me on this one. Yeah, I see why. You know, if, if if you're not looking for anything more than just a dumb action movie, I mean, it, it it's a movie that is, is trying to be a smart action movie that fails, ends up being a dumb action movie, and that's still fine with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those can still be satisfying. That's yeah. true. All right. So uh, in terms of box office, no box office information released directly to video. Had I had a challenge even finding the weakest of sources on the budget. So I went with Wikipedia. I don't love it, but that's all I could find. Sure. $100 million is what it said. If so, I I don't think they got $100 million worth in this movie. This was supposed to be a theatrical film. It was so produced, it does make sense. Produced by MGM, but not released by MGM. So, you know, they that, it, it was uh, they thought it was going to be a big movie, and then the pandemic happened. and Then it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what was going on when this was released in August of 2022 in the actual box office? I did pull down. Uh, all right, so two movies open open this that weekend, and the number one movie in America was Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Uh, 
That was the number one movie? That was the number one movie. I mean, I've never heard of that movie. I've heard of Dragon Ball, but I, I didn't know I it mean, was a Dragon the, Ball movie. The distributor is Crunchyroll, which is an anime, you know, like streaming service. So oh, was that a streaming that wasn't in theaters or wasn't? No, theaters? it was in theaters, but I mean, that, that you know, wow. I, don't, I don't watch any of it, but 3,000 theaters were showing it. $21.1 million it opened to in August. I've never felt older. It's creeping up on us. <laughs> it's, the creeping is finished. It is <laughs> upon us. We've been consumed. Yeah, it's not, it's not stalking us. Time isn't stalking us. It has devoured us. Time has ravaged your once youthful looks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the number two movie in America, uh, Beast. I believe that's Idris Elba, I think, is in that. I think he stars in that. Could be. I don't know that one either. Uh, 11.5 million, and also in its first week. To be uh, fair, August is a dumping ground even in a normal year, but in like. It generally is. The yes. first year after a pandemic, I'm sure it's all kinds of stuff I'm never going to hear. Uh, I think you're going to start to remember some of these. You okay. may, I, I've actually just saw this. I saw it on streaming. I did not get to it in theaters. It was it was entertaining. I, I'm going to lump this next one into what you said of kind of like dumb action movie that was like fun. It wasn't, I think, pretending to be anything smart. Yeah. Bullet Train is the number three movie in. America, Brad Pitt, and a, a pretty big cast. I, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Or no, not. I've not seen it. It, it. it didn't get good reviews, right? Because I remember seeing the trailer and we're like, "That looks fun," and then I saw the reviews. And I'm like, "Oh man!" I, and you know, know what? I'm starting to believe <laughs> less and less and less, and starting to ignore because this is a little bit of a divergence. But the new guy Richie uh, with Statham got—I won't say savage, but it didn't get good reviews. And I, the, it was almost going to be leaving theaters. I took the day off on Friday. I'm like, I'm going to go see this. I, you know, are you talking about the the oper- heist thing? Or? Yeah, Operation Fortune. Oh, okay, that's not what I was thinking. Of. It's not heist. Uh, I'm not going to say it's like you know one of the greatest action. It was a really good movie. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun action movie. I to- I I am starting to like the critics. I don't almost don't care anymore. I'm almost oh exclusively now going off the audience scores. Well, I think so much of like Rotten Tomatoes, for instance, are just like twenty something people who are working like basically minimum wage jobs. Like, all all those review jobs they used to be prestigious newspaper jobs. Now it's all like yeah. JoeBlow.com. It's like know? when you were you were was it like a whatever website that you were sure. reviewing movies for? It's basically that. Well, I was never in the Rotten Tomatoes calculations. But, but, but you, yes, you I was in my twenties and I was reviewing. And DVD, not getting paid for DVDs. it. I was getting paid a very small. Oh, okay. It was it was not a living wage. It was a it's supplement. It's a living. Um, well, that yeah. said, I, I it's worth your time. I think Bullet Train was fun. I disagree with the critics. It, it, it's not you're not going to walk away and say, "Oh, that was great. I need to see it." You know, over and over again. It was a lot of fun. It was no, a fun I, diversion. I do want to see it. What was the Guy Ritchie? Because I, I I didn't know that movie existed. Uh, uh, Guy Ritchie, a film with Statham, uh, Operation Fortune, and I can't remember what the you know like the not parenthetical, but after the colon, I can't remember what it is. Because I really liked the one before that, Wrath of Man. Yeah, Wrath of oh, Man. Wrath, yeah, oh, you know, saw, saw it together. That, yeah. that was awesome. It's yeah. actually one of my favorite movies of the last like five years. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Operation Fortune, totally worth your time. And okay. it, if for nothing else, because so the we're really we're already going off topic, but so it, you know Statham is like the world's greatest super spy. Okay, and he run, you know he's got a team. It's sort of mission. It's like a knockoff Mission Impossible. Uh, but his knock is his handler gets angry because he spends an insane amount. Like he has to have a private. You know, it's not just like a G five. It has to be completely outfit. He goes way way over. That's one of the running jokes. Okay. And Carrie Elways is like his handler. But at, so for whatever, I can't remember the, the the reason, but they have to, as part of their cover, they need one of, you know, like one of the biggest action stars who's actually played by Josh Hartnett. Uh, really? Who's who's not, you know, he, he he's obviously not a spy, but they're they're able to they blackmail him to, to be part of it. 
Well, him and Hugh, like Hugh, that's right. Hugh Grant is like one of the villains and he loves this action star. Well, there's a sequence between the two of them that then at the end of the movie, they reenact actually in like one of Hartnett's <laughs> action movies. Okay. For that alone, I, in theaters, I, you, you and I share like the same love of like, yes, I, that sounds like something poking <laughs> fun. At, it is amazing. I don't want to ruin it. Right. And there was only like four like other people in theaters. Son of Rambo type stuff. Yes, nobody okay. was laughing like like me. I was dying okay. at the at the performance. I guarantee you, I will also die at this. So now I now I'll see this. Hartnett's perform because he of course is playing you know Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is the you know the the villain, but by the end he of course isn't completely a villain. Whatever. Right. So he's like portraying the same sequence and scene that happened in the you know in real life in the movie. As with the makeup and trying to get his hair like completely like you, it is completely worth it. You will absolutely love it. Okay. Just for those last like minute and a half of the movie, it was complete. The rest of the movie was good. It was worth my six bucks or whatever I spent just for Josh Hartnett playing Hugh Grant and the delivery because they changed the setting and the scene too to make it actually uh, um, it's it's like a Japanese action film. It's clear that I think it's lower budget. Right. But whatever it. Totally worth your time. Sorry. Okay, I'll check it out. So number four, this one you probably definitely have heard of, probably also seen. Top Gun Maverick is sure, still course, in theaters. Yeah. Uh, still cranking along too at just under six million bucks, and the total gross six hundred and eighty three million dollars. It's like the fourth highest grossing movie in history now, it's or something crazy. Yeah, uh, it, that movie was fun. I enjoyed it. I just I can't believe how big of a hit it was. It was pent up demand. I think is really all it was. It's just like all it th- all it needed was. What's the first movie out that people that bridges generations? Exactly. Because that really, I think, helped. And, you know, this is finally now we can actually go to the theaters again or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could have been the next Fast and Furious. It could have been, you know, a million million things. I'm going to assume you're going to be there opening weekend. I don't know about opening weekend, but yeah, I definitely will be seeing. Uh, I will. I will go with you if yeah. you if you want me to go. Okay. John, John Wick Four is actually coming out next weekend. I have not. There's a lot of stuff coming out there soon. I'm, yeah. I'm actually like really excited. I've I've seen a lot of movies already this year, uh, and yeah, John Wick Four. I I may pay to see if it's in IMAX. I may pay to see, pay to see it in IMAX. I that. I swear every every time I've gone to see a movie, every trailer. Courtney and I just went and saw Creed Three today, so. Um, which is excellent, by the way. I, I, and I would even say to you... I've seen it. You've seen it? Okay. Yeah. But you still haven't seen Creed 2. Uh, so, I, I stayed away from Creed 2. I was I, just about to tell you... Obviously, were some contacts that I picked up having yeah, seen Creed 2. I was just about to tell you, you can see, you can watch it like and skip Creed 2. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll cover it eventually. Yeah. Pretty soon, actually. I think we're only got like four movies left, five yeah. movies left. That's um, the other reason I figure. I'm like, I'm not going to wait for Creed 3. Yeah. I should, we're going to do it soon enough. And I couldn't imagine it would ruin that much for me. Well, we're probably not going to cover Creed 3 is my point. So yeah. you're free to watch it. You don't have to worry about not seeing Creed 2 because there's very little. Yeah. There was, there's like a couple of things. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. So All right. okay. yeah, a lot of movies coming out soon. Though. Yes. All right. So number five is DC League of Super Pets. Uh, 5.5 million. Okay. Uh, I, I think the concept that it was an animation it was basically Superman's dog and, you know, all of the... I remember seeing a trailer for yeah. it, yeah. I mean, kids' my, movie. My kids are too old for that, so I have not, not seen that one. This one I know we both saw. I know I liked it. You did not. Number six is Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, just over four million. I didn't, like, hate it, hate it, but I was very disappointed. I, I can understand. I, I can understand that, but I, I still really enjoyed it. We, I can say, I can tell you what I hated. God, did I hate Ant-Man. I, I agree. Oh, my. 
And that's one tough of the worst movies I've seen in like the last five years. Uh, easily. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I like Paul Rudd and I like Amy. I really do. It killed me. I'm like, this, I, I almost left and I never do that. Why, why would you waste Bill Murray to just come in and give exposition? Like, no what, what is the point? To, why total have waste in the movie? and that movie, like everything is just like scientific garbled nonsense. Like right. the entire movie, I'm like this. Standing in front of purple goop. Like yeah, I'm, the, <laughs> we're in purple goop land. We're wandering around. The whole the whole thing, and I I mm-hmm. I've ne- I was literally like checking my phone. Like how much more? How much more of this is there? Because this is terrible. Could not agree. I mean, it was the first time that like after a movie, Courtney and I were like, all right, because she, she liked it. I don't I don't really understand. Oh, wow. Okay, she likes Marvel movies. So I was just like, it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> I, I got an enjoyment out of it, but I was just like, I this is unwatchable. I, no, it. it I do want to give Thor Love and Thunder another chance because we did see it in the worst possible environment. Oh, what's There's that? There's like an old historic theater in Glen Allen, downtown Glen Allen. Yeah, okay, I know. Um, have you ever been in there? I've never been in there. I've been in the Tivoli many times. Do in never, never see a movie there. Really? It is a dump inside. <laughs> it is. You look at it, it's just beautiful. It's like, it was like built in the 20s or something in the 1920s. It's a yeah. hundred year old theater. And you go like, oh, a beautiful theater. We just moved in town. Let's, let's go check it out. And that's what we saw there. And, they, it's they, like worse than the Bremen over like where we grew up. No, it, it's the worst movie theater I've ever set foot in, and I, we should have just left right away as soon as we walked in. It's a, it, it was this beautiful like grand. I'm sorry about the. No, we're, we're stretching this out a lot, but it was, it, you could tell it was this beautiful grand 1920s theater that they cut in half and put a wall in between so they could put two screens <laughs> in. <laughs> And then, like, the seats are, like, lump. It's like the old, like, nothing feels modern. It all feels, like, awful, like, 1970s. Yeah. Like, it feels like a grindhouse theater or something where, like, the seats are When they probably did the demising wall is when they put those seats in. And exactly. it probably was, like, in the 70s. has never been updated since and, then. And it's just, there's, like, water dripping places. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful and we saw it there so it probably didn't help takes it away seeing, from it. seeing that there all right yeah, i'm gonna do, diverge do, do not see a movie there i'm right? gonna diverge one more only because i still love this story and this theater is no longer there it was the ogden six sure that's they demolished it to put the costco up i remember the ogden six. yeah so it was you know pretty run down but you were also it was second run so you weren't paying as much mm-hmm. i will never i forgot the movie that jen and i went and saw it was one that you and i definitely liked and we've seen it was like argo or something like that i don't i don't remember what it was okay so we went, and this was, it was an old theater too. So, the, like, digital projection, absolutely not. It was, you know, old school reel. And this was before even digital projection was really taking off. Right. Old school reels. So, we, it's us, and, and it's one of those theaters that was super, super, like, long. So, <laughs> yes. That's you know, also what the. Yes. Yeah, so it's like super long, you know, probably only like, it feels like about. Six six rows on each side, but and, just, t- and completely flat. <laughs> it's the same theater, dude. Yeah. Okay, so it's not allowed anymore. Yeah, I don't remember the movie we went to see, but I still can remember it to this day. Projectionist, and I'm of course thinking of Tyler Durden, which I just watched Fight Club not that long. I'm thinking of Tyler up in the projection booth or something like that. That's always what I think of with projection like that. So the reels running, the trailers are running. You can hear movie cuts off. So look at you know you can hear you and what's funny is you can even with because that's soundproof because the projectors are so loud. Right. We were sitting kind of towards the back, so he gets it up and running. It's maybe running for like another two three minutes. Same thing happens. You, you, you can you can hear like things crashing out of like frustration of him like <laughs> right. throwing down the giant containers. It's like the Muppet movie with the <laughs> with the Swedish chef up there trying to run the movie. Exactly. Yeah, I swear to God, Kevin. The third time we get maybe into like the third trailers, you could hear the guy 
through all of that stuff. You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I was like on the ground because I could just imagine how frustrated he was. But that's what I told Jen. I'm like, you don't understand. Those rooms, it's really loud in there. So, like, that is as about as soundproof as you can get. Well, to be I fair, it was the Ogden 6, so it probably wasn't actually soundproof. It, I mean. it probably wasn't as much as it used to be, but the point is, I'm like, that guy is super pissed well, right I'm, now. I'm choosing to imagine the Swedish chef. Okie dokie to run the film. <laughs> you got him. Kidding me? All right, sorry. <laughs> so I will now finish. Finally, just getting through the top ten uh, of movies. Uh, number seven, Minions: The Rise of Gru. So another kids movie, three point seven million. Okay. Uh, I have recently seen this only on streaming. Didn't see it in theaters. Uh, number eight, Nope. Have you seen seen that? I did. I liked Nope a lot. I enjoyed that a lot too. Um, I'm a big fan of. Oh man, uh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Yes. I, Keegan Michael Key, I'm like no uh, Jordan Peele. Thank <laughs> okay. you. It, it, it's very hard to scare me. There, I mean, I've seen a million horror movies. Yeah. I don't scare easily. That that's one of the movies that there was one scene really? where I was like, oh I, man, I'm Do gonna you remember the scene. Oh yeah, I don't want to spoil that movie, but I it's, it's it. a very claustrophobic scene. Okay, that scene scene scared the hell out of me. I mean, I I do not scare at all with movies. That that's an accomplishment as far as I'm concerned. All right, well, a movie actually scared me. Oh, oh! I just—I'm getting shivers just thinking about it. What's funny is I you know, that movie Young Frankenstein scared the <laughs> hell out of me. <laughs> uh, all I, I can't look at any like Full House or any of those shows the same actually after seeing it. I'm like, man, if what if all of a sudden some gimmick went oh, crazy? On yeah, this show? That, that scene also was scary too. It was, not, not so much as the, I can understand the difference, but that was something like, well, I seriously, I don't like look at some of those 90s shows. I'm like, oh man, I'm glad nothing like that ever happened. Yeah. All right, finishing out number nine. Uh, this will matter here in the history coming up. Where the Crawdads Sing, uh, 3.2 million. I have seen that now, actually. It, it's come up, I think, on one of the Escape Plan movies you brought that, or maybe, maybe when the book was the bestseller. Yeah, because the book is going to be back in the bestsellers only because it's <laughs> okay, in yes. theaters. I mean, it, was, it, it is what it is. It I was, that it. was not my choice that day. <laughs> You know, it was Courtney's choice, but I, I enjoyed it for what it is. It was, uh, you know, it's very earnest. It's a very kind of. Sometimes there are Vincent picks, and sometimes there are Gene picks. Yes, but I enjoyed it. Good. All right, it's... and the last one, uh, number ten. I don't know. I think this is a, a, a horror horror esque bodies, bodies, bodies. I don't know if you've seen that. That's one of those like lower budget. No, yeah, I, th- I, I have not seen it, but I think it's, uh, it's it's like a horror comedy. I think that's that's what I thought. I've yeah. not seen it, uh, and that was two point three million. All right, so that was the top 10. Uh, the TV ratings, non-existent. I did not find them, and because I'm not even sure if the season is actually over. That's true. To, to yeah. get the, the like, full seasons of ratings, because right. we're not really that far we're from still it. in that season. So it's okay that we had diversions, because I'm not taking up time there. That's fine. I don't want to hear about... I mean, it, it's going to be all the same. Chicago Fire and you Pretty know, much. All, all those. All right, so the S&P 500 is at 4,158. Uh, it is much lower than That's, that. Yes, that <laughs> has changed. It has been a little rough, actually, since about August. Yeah. All right, on uh, July 31st, Ayman uh, al-Zawari, I should know that because he actually is somebody that was in the news a lot, but might have mispronounced it. The Egyptian terrorist who became the second emir of al-Qaeda after Osama bin Laden's death in 2011 is killed in an airstrike in Kabul conducted by the United States CIA. Uh, August 2nd, China conducts the largest ever military exercise around Taiwan in response to a controversial visit by Nancy Pelosi. 
the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan since the 1990s. Uh, August 4th, Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Grainer is found guilty on drug charges in a Russian court and is subsequently sentenced to nine years in prison. Uh, August 12th, I'm going to try and not make light of this, but it's hard not to. Author Salman Rushdie is attacked by a man during an onstage interview at the Chattaqua Institution in Chattaqua, New York. Rushdie and interviewer Henry Reese are swiftly airlifted to a local hospital with Rushdie sustaining apparent stab wounds to his neck and arm with, while Reese suffered minor injuries to the head. It is tough not thinking of Kramer being convinced that Sal Bass is Salman, <laughs> Salman Rushdie. Just change one fish for another. It's, it's Salmon, not, not salmon. salmon. Uh, August 15th. I mean, that'll tell you how long that, uh, that uh, fatwa or whatever has yes. been going on. It was all the way back it's during crazy. Seinfeld time. Yeah, think and about it. And that was a, a relatively early Seinfeld, too. I mean, it wasn't first season, but, you know, it's probably like mid-90s. And You're right. But even at the time, I think people were just like, he's not really in danger, is he? And, like, look, it's... It's, it's, yeah. it's 2023. Yeah, for real. All right, August 15th. Uh, this is very disconcerting for me to have read. More than 13,000 home run-in pizzas are recalled by the federal government for being partially tainted with metal. Jeez, <laughs> I didn't know about this. Home run-in, they're obviously the frozen ones. Yeah. Uh, and actually, they're really, they've been really generous donors to the food pantry that I've, I've been involved with for many years. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know if they actually manufacture their own frozen ones or not. Um, but yeah, so that was... And then the same day... Thousands of Capri Sun pouches are also recalled by Kraft Heinz over the possible contamination with a cleaning solution. I'm like, which is worse? My frozen pizza having metal or the, the Capri Sun that I wash it down with that might be like Drano? What was happening? Was it like dur- during the pandemic, they're just like, ah, do whatever. No one's paying attention anymore. It's Thunderdome. <laughs> There's no rules here. The world's ending. Just put whatever you want in it. Cleaning products go to town. It was very disconcerting. Sure. I mean, in particular to you. Yes. Frozen pizza and Capri Sun. Frozen pizza and Capri Sun. What am I going to do without those? All right. August 31st, a Gallup poll finds that more Americans are smoking cannabis than cigarettes for the first time in the nation's history. The New York Times bestseller is Where the Crawdads Crawdads Sing. Yes, it is. By Delia Owens. And what's also interesting is that at first I'm like, was this type? No. Lizzo also has the number one uh, song in America. It is just a different song than from whatever, two or three years prior with Rocky. Or not Rocky, I'm sorry, with Rambo. Uh, About Damn Time by Lizzo is the number one uh, on the Billboard 100. Okay. Somehow I don't feel old when I hear those things because it's just like, uh, you know, I don't care, right? (laughs) But when it's movie stuff, when the number one movie is a Dragon Ball movie that I'd never heard of that (laughs) that was put out by Crunchyroll, I'm just like, that makes me feel so old. Lizzo, do whatever you want. I don't care. Don't make me feel old with movies. Exactly. All right. That was all that was going on in history. So we... Um, all right. It was so the long distant ago. Distant past, yes. <laughs> all the way to the year 2022. <laughs> all right. Well, let's come forward nine months to 2023 and talk about the movie in 2023. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. All right, the big picture. This is the segment of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie. I said nine months, but it's not even nine months, right? <laughs> a child who was conceived the day that this movie came out would not be born yet. No. That's how new this movie is. <laughs> All right, so I do not have a great summary, but let me, I'll lead it off. Okay. Uh, Nemesis and Samaritan were twin brothers that had superpowers, uh, both that vanished decades ago. I shouldn't say I guess they vanished. They were killed. Um, they exploded. Exploded a decade decades ago. A kid named Sam thinks Samaritan is alive and well, working as a trash collector in his neighborhood. 
Turns out it was actually the bad twin nemesis all along. <laughs> you didn't even once mention the villain or their plot or any of that. <laughs> also, are they twins? Is that established? And it, it, it does say that they're twins, they're even twins. though okay. it looks like when the mask is off at the end, that the other one is not Stallone, or at least it didn't look like it to No, me. it didn't look like it. And yeah, you barely get a glimpse of Samaritan's face. Yeah. After they reveal the big reveal, which I figured out like a half hour into this movie. I'm so embarrassed that I didn't. I felt really stupid. I figured you'd say the same thing, too. (laughs) I felt so dumb. It's only because like the reveal that he has superpowers is relatively early. But then he's just like constantly deflecting whether or not he's Samaritan. It's like, why? there's only one reason why he would be deflecting that question. And he has superpowers, but he won't say, yes, I'm Samaritan. There's only one <laughs> answer to this puzzle. Here. I wasn't paying enough attention to those deflections or something because I felt really stupid not not knowing. Okay. Because then on the second viewing through, I noticed everything. I'm like, good Lord. He never, he, he never says about, he's not, but he never says he is either. So it, it's... True. He doesn't say he's not. He just kind of... It is. It's a deflection it's deflect. every time. But he talks about like throwing guys off of roofs and stuff. Yeah, like, that, that he does, and that's not very heroic. Yeah, it's like, what then? But then there is. He says he's joking about the roofs. Though. He does say he's joking after he says. I'm it. not like, sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple. Of, I don't remember the specific comments anymore. But there was one pretty pretty early that raised my red flags. Which was like, oh, he's he's going to be revealed. Well, also, I think to me, I mean, let's let's go through the plot. But I mean, the villains. The, the main villain, Cyrus. Yep. Which is another ger- generic villain name. Just like, how many? This is like the third movie we've we've watched in this podcast that had a villain named Cyrus. Is it? Who else was Cyrus? So, All well, I can think of is Con Air with Cyrus the Well, sure. Maybe we didn't cover that, so maybe that's no. what I'm thinking of. But the, there was a Cyrus in uh, the, the remake of what's that? The British movie. Um, um, Get Carter. The, oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, what's his name? Drawn up like in the actor's name. That's not Michael Caine, was it? No, 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 no. Uh, um, from uh, uh, like Sin City and and the Wrestler. Oh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, you're right. Cyrus. I think you're right. Yep. I feel like there was another one. Like I, I, Jesse Ventura's name in Demolition Man might have been Cyrus. I don't know. Like I feel like this is just a very generic villain name. Jesse Ventura in Demolition Man. Jesse Ventura's in Demolition Man. Does he get a name in that? Maybe not. Maybe I don't. Know. That's right, because he's one of the group of. The, he's just, the special men, <laughs> right? That Simon he, Phoenix. Needs. He's the guy who kills uh, um, the, the Raymond he, Cocteau. Yeah, Cocteau. Yeah. You shoot this guy, please. Um, maybe his name's not Cyrus. I don't know, but it's just such a generic name. Uh, anyway, so we can go through in more detail if you want. I mean, there isn't a ton going on. It's a, it's kind of a slow paced movie where it it kind of teases out. There's this kid Sam, and he is obsessed with Samaritan, even though he died you know, 30 years before he was born. Ago, we're, yeah. we're in Granite City. Yep. So it's All like, I could think of was the, there's like a local chain restaurant by us. I don't know if they're all throughout the country, but oh. Granite City Brewery is all I could <laughs> That's think of. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but you're That's right. Immediately yeah, we've been, came to, we've been to Granite City. <laughs> I don't think, I think it's like two or three chains. So I think it's only here like, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the suburbs of Chicago. But still, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but I know for a fact it's Granite City from that because I made that connection. Uh, but and like... The, you're right. It's very much old, old Detroit that it's, you know, unemployment of 17%. One of my little details, I just... Man, the newscasts are so dour yeah. and just just deflate because at least actually as i remember robocop the news they actually at least would have the crazy commercials that would kind of like make <laughs> right. you feel better yeah, <laughs> trying to put a happy face on the bad news exactly. this, it, it's either like horrible things are happening or like will samaritan finally rescue us from all this horrible stuff that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it was one of the other um but uh i mean i guess i guess 
Samaritan and Nemesis are still kind of, they loom large over this whole city's like psyche since they've been battling. Yeah, so I guess that's the, we get a little bit of backstory about them, right? And it's like they 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 fought. They were they were I guess twin brothers. I I didn't catch that detail. I'm, I'm pretty sure that in the opening with Sam Overby says that they were twins. They you know were freakishly strong and somehow Granite City l- looked like a rural area with like pitchforks and right. like flames when they went to burn down uh, Samaritan and Nemesis's house. And of course they're indestructible. So they don't die, but their parents do. And the story is that for whatever reason, Samaritan decides after that tragedy that he should be a hero. And Nemesis seems to be the more logical of the two that says, why should I protect the people that burned my parents alive? Well, I mean, it, it's playing on the whole Batman thing of like his parents died. And so he that led him to become a superhero. Like, I think that's the idea. But you're right. I mean, it. Sam makes a point to say it was the people of Granite City. <laughs> right. I mean, it, they were afraid of these two kids who were super powered and they tried to kill them and burn their house down. I hear you on the connection. I didn't make it on Batman. I, I get it. But there, I think there is a distinct difference. Yeah. In Batman, one criminal killed his parents. One criminal that it was a robbery, depending on how it's you know portrayed, that you know it might be a victim of like, you know, like poverty. This was clearly, they went with ill intent and malice to kill people. So right. I, well, to, kill, to kill the two of them in particular. It wasn't like... <laughs> Oh, whoops, your house burned down. It was, yeah, oh. very deliberate. So I, I think that is a little bit different than the Batman, you know, backstory. So I think oh, Nemesis totally. is the more logical of the two. Well, it's, it's. I think that because this movie is trying to hide the ball so much with who Stallone's character is, because uh, we meet him, and his name's Joe, and he has Joe got, Smith. Joe Smith, yes, former number one <laughs> NBA draft pick. <laughs> That's all I, can think I knew you would. <laughs> anyway. Talk about difficulty selling shoes and stuff when you're. <laughs> NBA pick and your name is Joe Smith. Smith. Yes, I mean it's. Un- I mean when your name, when both your first name and your last name are very common, you're just gonna have to deal with a lot of people named Joe. I mean, I think that's. I wonder if he chose that name or if that's his actual birth name because it just felt to me like he chose that name to be anonymous or whatever. Oh know? no, I think he did. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, they never say because they don't. Well, that's the thing though. Is so. Let's hold on. Let's think about this. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought it through either. No, no, having no. the same thought. They have to because the kids were known in 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 school and right. they knew where the parents' house. So they had some other names. There's no chance it was Joe Smith. He de- he definitely chose that name as just a fake anonymous. Yeah, name. I think it's a fake name. Uh, oh, but yeah, they're hiding the ball so much when it comes to Joe's identity. And, oh, he's Samaritan, and then no, revealed. Oh, nope, he's actually Nemesis. So that you, you they can't explore either character's motivations. Because he can't, he can't give voice to. Here's yeah. why I was the way I was because it would reveal who he actually is. Yep. So this movie, I think, you it know, cheats itself. Yeah, it should have. It shouldn't have. This whole like reveal at the end. I mean, it, it's it's a cool like moment during the fight of just like, I, well, we can get there. But it, I mean, it, I, it it sacrifices too much just for that small benefit, you know. I agree, and they even had a chance, like in that actual final fight sequence, he could have said what his motivations were because Cyrus looked up to Nemesis, right? And so that would have been the opportunity at that point, though. Nemesis has gone, you know, completely beast mode, you know, RoboCop. He's destroying everything in his path. Yes, he sure is. But the like that would have been the opportunity to say you looked up to me. Well, you have it all wrong because. X, you know, I I was doing this because of X or Y, and they right. don't take that opportunity. So yeah. they could have hidden the ball and still stuck the landing. They just chose not to. They would have had to play catch up to say, now let me explain why Samaritan behaved the way he did, and why I behaved I did, and yeah. you know why I I wanted to lure my brother into this factory and kill him, which is apparently yep what was going it was on. A there. Trap, yep. Right, but why? 
So anyway, I mean... And you get can, none of that. You get no resolution on... Well, but we're left to infer a lot by... You get Sam's point of view on Samaritan. He looks up to Samaritan. Sam's, what, 13? Yeah, yes. Um, you know, he's a boy who lives in the city, and he's kind of running around getting up to trouble because they need money, and it's it's just horrible kind of... Uh, you know, they're just in a tough situation where they're constantly on the verge of being evicted or whatever. So, uh, and then he meets Cyrus, who was the villain of this movie. He runs this kind of local kind of gang. I, I don't even know what you'd call it. Yeah, I think I mean, a, a gang's probably yeah. the Van Buren boys. <laughs> sure. Um, and Cyrus looks up to Nemesis and wants to be Nemesis and continue his what he was doing. And he, they both kind of express what they think each character was about, right? Because yes. Cyrus is talking about like Nemesis, yeah, never he, punched down exactly. He, he stood up for basically the working man. He that- hurt the people who needed to be hurt. Yes, he hurt people. And I think the and this is kind of why I think maybe the, I, the, the George Floyd thing was was an impact on this movie because it kind of his perception of Samaritan was just kind of like he's another he's just another cop and yeah. he's protecting the status quo the and he's yeah. protecting the rich. But the movie never really addresses that or nope. like deals deals with it probably because they took it out. I think there's some definitely those were that was one of the instances where you said that they adjusted and took, pulled things out. There definitely was more of an undercurrent, and I actually wonder because it might have cut the other way too in terms of uh, Nemesis being for you know the blue collar and the, you know the the poor. I actually wonder on the political spectrum that things may have also shifted where it was a little bit too yeah Trumpian, and they're like, man, we've got both that we're just completely gutting anything, any of the commentary whatsoever. Totally, I think so. Yeah, because it's this, it you know whatever happened thirty whatever years ago, it's this. It seems to be ideological where the conflict was between these two brothers who yeah. you know, had these superpowers. It's clear that they both have superpowers. They both have very different ideas about how to employ these superpowers. Whether Nemesis was actually doing bad things or whether he was just... Because it kind of seems like the implication was that he feels like Samaritan needs to be stopped. That he's whatever he's doing is doing more harm than good or whatever. But then every story, every story we hear about Samaritan is just like he saved someone from a bus crash. He saved someone from jumping from a high. Right. R- it's like what is he? How is this in any way harmful? I was just say a bus crash. It's one thing that if he really was, you know, another cop for the rich, right? And if yeah, there is, like, you know, you've got whoever the robber barons are of Granite City are exploiting the poor, then there is something to play there. But yes, all of the examples that they give, it's not like him defending know, some factory or something. It's yes, yeah, right. somebody not dying in a bus crash that cuts across all socio <laughs> yes. I mean, that's that's just a good thing i'm gonna lure this guy to a factory and kill him how dare he save people from <laughs> bus crashes yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense and unlike robocop the movie that i think this that samaritan's trying to ape in robocop you see both the rich and the poor right and yep. you can see the disparity or as here it's just like you never see anyone outside of this little neighborhood cyrus is the i mean he just seems like he wants to rule the neighborhood he can it's all just a justification right yep. he just wants power and to that end, he steals Nemesis' hammer very easily. I mean, <laughs> that's a little silly. Just like, I had to have this power now. I have the hammer of Nemesis, and I'll take up his cause or whatever. I, I've really got questions. How does that still, how, how does that work? That all of a sudden, he, the, he he's able to wield the hammer and have the same amount of power? But we, I guess we can get there. You just have to buy it. There's power in the hammer. It glows. It has like a glowing eye on it that's like magical or whatever. <laughs> Nemesis imbued some of his power into this hammer. You just have to buy it, I guess. I still have got questions. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see if you can later. answer them. Um, or if you've got no case. 
Um, uh, well, the button is now here. Yes. So be happy to, be happy to, <laughs> I figured you'd be happy. Okay. So, um, anyway, so yeah, uh, Joe saves Sam from a, in a fight. The, 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 the younger kids in this gang yep. pick a fight with him, and Joe saves Sam. And very clearly has superpowers. Doesn't even really try to hide it. No, he doesn't. He probably figures, like, that's an alley, and who's going to even believe it? But here's the thing, is that just even in Smallville with Superman, like, Superman could dial it down. He didn't have to, you know, crank (laughs) everybody, like, a hundred feet. It seems like he could have done some, you know, a variety of damage. I mean, as Mickey might Yes. Uh, It seems like he's trying to dial it down, because he's very, like... His whole tone in that fight with the, the, the kids is just like, this is an inconvenience. Here you go. You know, just, I guess maybe. But it seems like he's trying to dial it down. But not, He still throws him a long way. You you would think it'd be like maybe he would th- he would just tap him. Th- right. But whatever. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of this movie of just Joe, Joe and Sam getting to know each other. And, yes. Um, the kids eventually see Joe again and hit him with their car to, to as revenge for him beating them up. But, of course, he's super powered and heals immediately. And... That's the proof. And that, that, that's the, yeah, I think that's the, the big reveal. And not maybe big, but the final, because the, the, the strength, maybe he was just a really strong garbage man. He might have been able to pass that off. But yes, when he, he gets run over at like 80 miles per hour, I've got some questions about that as well. Uh, in the street, it's very clear that, yeah, he's he's Samaritan, quote unquote. Right. That's the presumption. Yes. By Sam. Uh yeah, and then I, I, there's a lot of stuff like the middle of this movie is kind of running in circles a little bit because the Cyrus gets wind of the fact that Samaritan is back and he's like oh, we gotta go get him and then they it takes of, a little while because at first you have a lot of the kind of Sam and now that Joe is no longer Joe of them like really getting to know each other right he likes to fix things and take them to you know to sell them and yeah that actually was among my favorite it, the, the exchange between him and the pawn shop guy actually was among yeah. my favorite stuff. on the way to the pawn shop too where Sam, Sam's like so what do you do you just fix things and, and get depressed <laughs> that's how you spend your days yeah. it's, it's good stuff but yeah there's not much to talk about in the big picture no it doesn't really move things forward and to be honest I mean mo- until then C- Cyrus eventually reveals and they have these blackout bombs, which I'm not really sure how are they EMPs. I, I'm not sure what they are because they seem to actually be explosive, not just ele- electromagnetic. Yeah, it seems like it's both. Yeah. Uh, so he does this huge reveal, and all you have to do apparently is like knock out the lights in Granite City and anarchy and chaos. <laughs> I mean, it's just instantaneous. He also gives a big speech on the top of a car. He gives a big speech, but I mean, people are already angry at each other and they're like at each other's throats i'm taking all of my notes for few, for the rest of the show well, that, the that that's the world that this is presenting and the things are so bad that, that the lights go out and it's you're at each other's throats yeah as soon as the power goes out it's, it's time to loot and riot and people are angry it's ridiculous that's yeah it, it's it's i think it would be believable the power goes out all the time <laughs> well <laughs> there's a reason to riot right there why is the power going out so much take that comment um I, yeah, I think because it's just not clear who the anger is directed against. Again, it's like you needed to see whoever the the wealthy people are. What who are they angry at? Who are who, who do they blame for this? You know, economic despair that they all live in. Doesn't seem like any. There's never any like sense of a government. There's no, no sense of who are, who are supplying jobs. The only like stores we see is there's a convenience store where they try to steal lottery tickets. <laughs> there's a bookstore that's somehow doing incredibly well in this neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, run by Martin Starr. Yeah, oh, by the way, Martin Starr's in this movie. Yeah, he's just there to give exposition. Yes. I'm exposition, man. But I'm, not I very have... much either. He, 
He gives like here's where they fought, and he, it's a lot of stuff we already know. So it's kind of right. repeating a lot of stuff. But and then I joke because one of my notes is at the end of the movie, Martin Starr reminds you remember, reminds you that he was in this movie because he shows up only for that last scene. I had one scene, and now I'm here for the the finale. Anyway, yeah, and so Cyrus uh, wants to kill Samaritan because he feels like he's going to stop him from his nefarious plan of causing riots that are already succeeding beyond his wildest dreams. And well, they're succeeding, but he, he wants to knock the power out completely. He, he like wants the whole f- Eastern Sea. Yeah, so the, the alleged plan in the, the battle between Samaritan and Nemesis was that Nemesis wanted to knock out the power grid. And, but in reality, what we find out when we find out it's actually Stallone is actually Nemesis. No, he lured his brother there cause he wanted to kill his brother there. Right. It had nothing to do with like some grand plan to knock out the power. Uh, that's right. Cyrus wants to continue Nemesis' plan. plan. Right, that's not. Worked, yeah, that wasn't yeah. his plan. That, but it turns out it wasn't his plan. But Cyrus doesn't know that until the end. Right. So it it's going somewhat according to plan until it's revealed. Oh, Samaritan may be back, and then Cyrus is incensed, and he needs to like you know kill Samaritan. That becomes yeah. Which if he didn't have that obsession. Things because the only reason why Nemesis ends up there at the end no is because he kidnapped Sam to lure Samaritan there, who is he already was dead. Getting on a bus to get out of town, <laughs> right? To Albuquerque. <laughs> He's probably going to watch the Isotopes, <laughs> probably, and hang out with Walter White and you know, all the rest of it. Yeah, but you're right. If if literally if if he had just left things alone, if he hadn't kidnapped Sam. Uh, Joe would have been like, oh, yeah, the because Joe fixes Sam's watch. He would have right. come back, here's your watch. All right, watch. I'm, I'm going to Albuquerque. <laughs> I'm off to Albuquerque. I'm going to get away from this horrible uh, blackout. Despair yeah. and blackouts, and maybe Albuquerque's looking better. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, he didn't know that it was Nemesis. He thought he, it was Samaritan, and he, it's just, it, it's all kind of fuzzy in a way that does not serve the movie well. But anyway, there's, there's a big fight. Sam has been ca- kidnapped by Cyrus because he knows that quote-unquote Samaritan, is friends with him. He's going to lure him and kill him. Yep. And, you know, Joe shows up, reveals he's nemesis, and there's a big Goes action on a rampage. sequence yes, with all of uh, Cyrus's goons. Who, I mean, <laughs> I guess the plan was I will fight him when he arrives with my hammer and kill him with my hammer, but if that's your whole plan... He didn't really think this through because he's impervious to bullets. It's like, right. you've got all your goons, but what are they going to do? They clearly can't do anything. It's like, like trying to trap Superman. What is your plan? If you don't have a plan, your plan is to hit him with a hammer. <laughs> he's Superman. Think about that for a minute. That's it's, your entire plan. And how many poor goons did he sacrifice doing this well, plan? We'll talk about that later. But so many for very no ma- reason. Very they many. literally had no chance. Was it last episode when you were talking about like overly loyal goons? Where yes, it's like, why is it? Was, yeah. I would have and what's funny is there I give the movie credit, there was a point where some of them were trying to flee in an elevator and Nemesis was having nothing to do with that. He oh, smoked I, them. But I give I the movie think credit. They were fleeing. I thought oh, they, they were just abs- no, falling they, back. No, they were absolutely <laughs> fleeing in that elevator and I said wow this movie actually gets it some of those guys are like well forget this well, this like, guy's unstoppable what are we fighting for because as an audience I don't understand Cyrus's plans so the goons um, I don't think wouldn't understand what they're what is the goal here yes cut out the power but to what end and I like to think you and I would have been among the goons that said Cyrus has got the hammer we've got no, we clearly have weapons that do not work we need to right. get out of here I mean especially like Try something else. After the first ten guys can't shoot, you know Joe to death. Do anything. Get anything else. Find a pipe. Try that. The gun isn't going to work. You know this. You've seen him shot a hundred times. 
Anyway, yeah. So there's the big bat final battle. Cyrus is killed. The 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 warehouse is burning down, and they're fighting amid the flames. And uh, Joe, if he get, takes too much damage, um, he heats up. His body overheats because he's got a ton of Edie's ice cream. Yes. Product placement in his freezer so, at home. So Sam saves him with some water, and they escape. And yes. And Joe walks off into the distance. Presumably, he'd go off to Albuquerque. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he, he got decided. on that train that he didn't, or bus, whatever it was that he was, was trying bus. to get on before. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's stuck. Well, I guess we'll find out in Samaritan, too. No, we won't. I can't imagine that we will find that <laughs> no, out. Definitely not. So that's the movie. That's Let's it. Right. To technology. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? All right, uh, technology. This is the segment of the show where we discuss changes in technology that might have impacted the plot or key scenes or other things in the movie. Uh, but it is a modern movie. It is a comic book movie. I had nothing. Well, one thing I do oh. want to talk about in this segment, it's okay. not necessarily what would be different. I'm glad you're going to save me here. Well, I just don't know what time period this is supposed to be set. I mean, it's obviously a fictional comic mm. book world, but... That was a good question. I was noticing that everyone's got like CRT TVs with yes. rabbit ears. Uh, the computers in Sam's school you see in the background are like very old-fashioned looking towers with CRT monitors. Everyone's got like flip phones. Is this is this just such a horrible world where technology is has not advanced? Yes, or you know, like is is that the idea that? Because Joe says something about like you know these, you don't want super superpower people coming around saving the world because then people can't solve their own problems. Or so, he says something like that, which kind of gives a little glimpse of maybe what the dispute was between those brothers. But maybe that's what the movie is saying is that like people stopped trying to like advance because they just w- were hoping that super people would come and solve their problems. I, I don't know if that's it or if it's just this movie is set in 1998. <laughs> I didn't, know? I didn't notice the computers at the school did notice the CR, uh, T TVs. Also the fact that the primary way you're getting news, cause now movies go out of their way to make it that it's, social media and or stream, you know, something on your phone. Yeah. It went out of its way to show it on TVs and like actual newscasts, similar to RoboCop. And there's so, there's newspapers. We'll get to those later. There are newspapers. So I actually wonder, you probably are right. And I think what it's supposed to be is 19, late 80s, early 90s for RoboCop. Right. That's what I think the time period is supposed to be. I think that's the vibe they're going for. Well, that said, though, the, the flip phones and like taking pictures and or video on your phone would obviously not jive with that that time period if that was the case. Oh, no. That's why I said like 1998. Like it's got to be, there's got to be cell phones that can take video. I mean, the video on those phones at the time would, yeah, would not have been good enough quality to show on the news. But, you know, it wouldn't have been any evidence. That's for sure. I'm like, look, it's Samaritan. It's like, which what? pixel is Samaritan? Yeah, what's Samaritan? Yeah. I see a couple of blocks. So maybe 2004 or whatever. I don't know. But uh, nobody's got an HDTV. Even Cyrus, who presumably is you know stealing whatever. I mean, uh, his operation isn't all that efficient when they're trying to steal <laughs> lotto tickets and they're getting potato chips. You know, lotto. Yeah, lotto tickets. They run in scrap. He he doesn't. He does not have. You know, in the rackets, he clearly does not have the lucrative rackets in Granite City because they they're not doing drugs. They're not running numbers. They're like. Maybe, you know, they're, they're petty theft and, you know, like, scrap is what it seems like Cyrus's gang is funded by. Well, but presumably, if you want to run drugs or numbers, you need people with money nearby who can buy the drugs and, and, and gamble. So it's like, what? 
there's it doesn't seem like that anybody has anything like everyone not just, in his neighborhood yeah that's everyone's sure. barely scraping by uh, that was all my only question. It was just like, what period is this? Setting? No, it's, that's that's a good question and a good point. It's a yeah. fictional world, yeah. so it could be whatever it wants to be. All right. All right. Let's little details. Two little details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right. Little details. A segment of the show where we discuss minutia of the movie that we found noteworthy or interesting. You want to start us off? I'll start because I just want to talk about that opening sequence and it's like stylized telling of the backstory. Comic, of, kind of. Yeah, I really liked, I mean, obviously it would have been too much for like a whole movie, but just as like a little montage of catching you up, I thought it was really cool. It was, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, you know, I, we talked about last episode where uh, our listener, Neil Studd, was just like, wait till you see this movie. I still don't know if it was ominous or not, uh, or if he was, maybe he likes the movie, but I, I was coming into this movie expecting to hate it. And immediately, this like it was like this is cool, it's stylized and it's comic booky, and it's doing it in a in a way that works for me. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to call that out. I like the opening sequence. I I agree with you. It was among the better parts of the movie. I actually kind of also wished they had done all of the flashback. I actually wish they had done <laughs> the flashback to Nemesis. I, and yes, for one particular reason. Oh, what, what's your particular reason? <laughs> the CGI Stallone. <laughs> Okay, it's not good, but that's not that's not why I actually like the stylized to the point that even without bad CGI, it would I, have hidden the CGI as well. I'm saying, yeah, I, I'm sure it still would have been bad, but you'll buy it more because if it's stylized, you're just like, oh, it just looks like a comic book face. Yeah, I I, I think that would have been the better route to kind of have all of the stuff in the past of their history in that same stylized format. I yeah. think would have been the better way to go. I agree. It hadn't, hadn't occurred to me that they should have continued that style. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, that CGI, it's the long face. <laughs> is it like green pepper face? There was a lot of that in this movie, but there was, no, this is Stallone CGI face. Uh, I feel like what does there another Stallone movie where they did a thing in the past and get de-aged? Stallone, maybe have, maybe not. It wouldn't have been any of the. It wouldn't have been any of the no. Creed movies, right? No, no. Uh, they were t- when they were originally uh, planning Creed two. There was originally a talk of like a Godfather two esque version of Creed two, where half of it's set in the eighties and half of it's set in the present day, and it would like show more of Rocky and Apollo's friendship. Uh, obviously, they never did it. I mean, you haven't seen Creed two, but I've, I would know. <laughs> you, if, you would know yeah, if they did that. I would know. Um, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, I, I would think that. Oh no, it was. Um, this is what I'm thinking of: is Grudge Match, which is even worse CGI Stallone. Now that's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh yeah, and so, he's the the fight with kid, the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's kid. what I was thinking of. So at least this isn't as bad as that, but still not good. I agree <sighs> with you; it's not good. Ugh. All right. So my first little detail: uh, when we are introduced to Joe and his profession of a trash collector, they show him on his route, and his partner. <laughs> He he like sal he, he, they begin the um you know running theme of him trying to salvage stuff from the trash from to fix it so he picks something like out of the trash that they were traveling around collecting I don't remember if it was uh it wasn't a telephone but it was it might have been a radio I want to say was it the alarm clock maybe he, it was the alarm clock because I, I want to say that's the alarm clock he ties to the bomb he puts in his yes. trash I think you're right I think those do tie together yeah. I missed that but you're right I think so so but his partner says why can't you find a puzzle I'm like whoa 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 there's no way first of all it's like pouring rain so if the puzzle isn't already soaked, if the puzzle isn't in, in the garbage bin, how are you possibly going to find a complete puzzle to put together? I don't think he's saying look for puzzles in the trash. I'm just saying, I think he's just saying you need a new hobby. Go buy a puzzle. I don't think he meant look for puzzles in the trash. 
I think he's just he's just saying. All right, I'll take you. I'll I'll I will take because yours makes more sense. Instead of pulling a bunch of crap out of the trash and trying to fix it, why don't you change your hobby to just puzzles? Right. That could be. (laughs) I think that's what he's saying. I think the way the line is delivered, or at least I was confused because it seemed like he's like, yeah, why don't you go find something I can use like a puzzle? Like, there's no way you're getting a puzzle of any worth. That's for sure. All right, what uh, what have you got next? Um, can we talk about the logos for Samaritan and Nemesis? I want to. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them because I don't quite understand them. Well, the the Samaritan one is just like two brackets kind of overlapping. It's vaguely in the shape of an S. It's just like okay, it's you know I think maybe a riff on the Superman, Superman S a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, it's but it's the Nemesis logo of like it's just a simple and there's no stylization to it all, and then there's a hammer. Which just looks like a T. So, like for the first half of this movie, because you see it, you see it like graffitied everywhere and stenciled, right. and just you know the the bad guys have the the logo on the tattooed to them because they they idolize Nemesis. And the whole movie, I'm going like, what is this T N? What does that mean? <laughs> and then it's, oh, it's Nemesis, and the T isn't a T; it's a hammer. I just thought it was a horrible logo. Here's it's it's such laughing. a bad job. Here's why I'm laughing. I thought the same thing, and I didn't even <laughs> yeah. really realize it. That's because the, the movie—it's it, a terrible logo for Nemesis, because the T is like the hammer is more prominent than the N, and it just it looks is. like a T. I was confused too, and I didn't even realize I was confused. Because <laughs> I because then that logo was on the trash can that Sam paints over, right? With right, I, because because his neighbor. I thought that was like the logo for the trash company, <laughs> <laughs> like OCP or something. Well, why know? would Cyrus have the trash company tattooed on his cheek? You're no, you're right. <laughs> that's great. I mean, this movie—it's—it's it's very, it's like very badly designed logo. If a corporation designed this logo, yes. it would have been rejected in the first OCP's draft. OCP's logo is much, much better than this. It's very well, clear what OCP is. Actually, I don't think OCP's logo is very good, but I still really? agree. It's, I it's, love that logo. I agree it's much better than this. It's just like interlocking shapes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually saw that on somebody's car, not that I was driving <laughs> somewhere around here. I'm like, that's an awesome poll that somebody put the OCP logo on their car. I mean, look, if you love Robocop, it's, obvious, it's recognizable at the very yes. least. It's um, it's rememberable, and I think you can tell that it's OCP. I'm telling yeah, you, really. I don't know if I agree with that. I, okay, but it's more it's more clear than this TN <laughs> logo. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was the trash company. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's how bad this I logo is. I was kind of confused. I'm like, why is he spray? <laughs> All right, he just you know he decides. Okay, I'm going to spray paint over this. Right. I didn't even. Th- I'm such an idiot. Well, <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's not until. It, the the movie the only time the movie points out that it's the Nemesis logo is when Cyrus is just like Nemesis he's my hero I have him tattooed oh that's right and he pulls down his yeah right. but it wasn't until then that I went like oh okay now I see what they're trying to do no that's I mean don't feel bad because it's such a bad logo Terrible it's the most design. confusing yes for sure well that might now I mean might have a question. Do you think both of them design their logos themselves? Or <laughs> that is a good question. Well, because Samaritan certainly he definitely has it on his. On his chest. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if you can completely tell whether or not on. I don't think Nemesis does. Now that now that I think I think he just has like kind of red. He's kind of like spray like, painted. Yeah, his, war paint or kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, but I don't think he's got a logo. So who came up with this logo? Like after that, maybe Cyrus just came up with the logo himself. That's why it's so bad. That's right. really what Joe's beef should be. You really ruined my look and my logo. It's very confusing. <laughs> People think it's just the trash company I work for. <laughs> maybe it was like maybe he he like. He was from Tennessee or something, and he got the tattoo, and then after the fact, 
He was just embarrassed and trying to, yeah, trying to like, yeah, reverse engineer. No, this is this is a nemesis uh, tattoo. See, it's a hammer. (laughs) That's not a T. It's a hammer. That's awesome. Um, All right. So my next one. This character is barely in the movie, but I still want to call it out. So Sam uh, has a friend, quote unquote, named Jace, who's uh, bigger than him and helping uh, Sam. Find ways to make money. Right. So the first thing they're doing is they're going in there like stealing, you know, copper wire out of abandoned buildings or houses. I just noted Jace really made out like a bandit because the when they go to go collect, you know, first of all, Jace didn't do any of the work. He made Sam break in. Sam finder, had a, finder's fee. He knew where to find the copper. That's his job, and Sam's got to pull it out. Sam had to pull it out. So he did the work to break in to pull it out. Then Sam has to push him in the shopping cart. <laughs> yeah, that was a little exploitive. <laughs> then they get there. I did before we move on. I did like that scene where he, like Jason in the cart, just be like, "I feel like a bird, like an eagle." I don't know something about that just really amused me. It was kind of funny. <laughs> they get there. He does do the haggling. So Jace does bring a little bit of value because he's trying to do the haggling for the amount of money he's going. They're going to get paid. Yeah. But then I, I don't remember. It's like Nev, no Reza. Reza comes and you know he's the slightly older than thirteen, but you know younger than Cyrus in Cyrus's gang. Right. You know, like says, "Well, I got work for you," and Jace wants nothing to do with it. So Sam's like, "All right, yeah, I'll do it." But so Jace does none of the work other than the haggling. He gets the forty bucks. Jace takes off and runs. So Sam did all of the work, and Jace kept all of the money. Well, we don't, I would hope that he gave Sam his cut later. But I never do not see think it. any cut was given to Sam on that transaction. Well, look, I mean, Sam got ten bucks for just stealing potato chips, and then a hundred bucks for here's what you'll do for me in the future. So Sam made out just fine in that. Day. Let's let's talk about that. Talk okay. about unfair. The kid was a lookout for. Armed robbery, and he gets ten bucks. But they didn't steal anything of value, so that's that that's seems... not Sam's fault. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I, it didn't seem clear. None of these terms were the, sorted out ahead of time. The monetary wasn't... value made no sense. Right, no sense that he's getting ten bucks for stealing. It's supposed to be like boxes of lottery tickets. Oh, but I well, I, I he probably would have gotten more if the, the lottery tickets had actually been there. I don't know. Unclear. I mean, well, he got a hundred for then for something in the future, which right. he doesn't say what the future may be. <laughs> He's an entertainer. <laughs> I'm like, I hope they're not going to make Sam kill somebody because if he got a hundred when he got ten for being the lookout on an armed robbery, yeah. I mean, that, they're obviously like trying to, you know, the word groom has connotations that I, I don't intend, but you know, they're trying to. He's the, he's yeah. the next generation of like his gang, and he's yeah. trying to like kind of prep him. So because obviously like Reza is running over dudes with his car, him and his cousin, uh, his cousin, because Reza's not actually driving, but yes, right. But he, it was his idea. Yeah. Anyway, can we go back to selling that wire and the haggling? Yeah. Because this movie has one of my movie pet peeves. That okay. o- this only happens in movies. I feel like this style of haggling, where it's like. I want 400 and he's like, take a zero off of it. Oh, yeah? Well, put a one at the front of it. Like, no one talks like that when you're negotiating. <laughs> it always, it, so many movies do this. Take a zero off. Add a zero at the end. Add a one at the front. Just say a number. Why are you talking around the number? That is fair. It's, Nobody does that. It has become a, a pet peeve of mine whenever you see this in a movie. They never, there's never a negotiating scene in a movie or a TV show where they don't do that because they think it's cute or clever or something. It's not. I it's agree. stupid. Especially put the one in front of it. There's no way if you started at 400, 
He is at zero, or he's at 40. 40. You do not go to 140. Okay, if you started at 400, you're probably going to like 200 or 250. You're not going to a random number of 140. Well, because he wanted it to be a number. You just put a one in front of it, right? That's simpler. That I mean, you Why can't not put a two in front of it. Then? At least well, that's close to half. If you really wanted to do it properly, you'd have to get pretty complex with just like multiply it by 47. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> it actually would be more fun. <laughs> they should do that. And the, and the guy there's oh crap, I need a calculator. Hold on, let me see. How much is he actually asking for? Right, just confuse him that way. Uh okay, so my next one, actually I'm gonna go to Martin Starr. So yes, he's the most important character in this movie, Martin Starr. So actually he's so unimportant and he's so barely in it. The only thing I could think of is that he's talking to a character named Sam, and all I could think of, Super Stud. Go for Super Stud, Sam, yeah. for any of the freaks and geeks care, friend, our fans out there. It's funny how he was gone for so long, and then he came back in some of the Judd Aftow movies, so like, I almost forget that he's that kid from Freaks and Geeks sometimes. Only because we started watching that with my, my kids. I mean, I, oh, really? I remembered, but it obviously brought it back seeing him, because what... When Martin Starr like came back for me was Silicon Valley on HBO. Uh, right, he plays yeah, yeah. Guilfoyle, and it, it was jarring because I did remember like, oh my god, what a difference between. Uh, yeah. Oh, why am I forgetting it? Uh, it's obviously Bill, right? Yeah, it's Bill. A huge difference between Bill and Guilfoyle. It's right. Like, holy smokes! But yeah, all I could think of was Super Stud. Go for Super Stud, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't connect the Sam name. That's true. Uh, all right, am I up? Yep, you're up. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of... I'll save the newspaper articles and stuff for the end. Okay. Because, obviously, I want to talk about that. But um, I, I, there's the list of... Because we didn't really talk about Sam is constantly, like, thinking that people are Samaritan. Oh, yes. And I had I don't know if I had a question about that. I, go, yes, he has a list. I know the list. I might have one of my notes here about Okay, well, I mean, I have... I didn't write down everything. Some of it was tough to read and kind of illegible. He scratches a bunch of stuff off. But here are kind of the highlights that I wrote down where I just I, – something about his like – he only has space for a very brief note. And so he, this is what he chose to write for some of these people. Timothy Mullenix lives on a farm. Really big tractors. <laughs> Dave Belter. He is a giant. Eddie Rentsy. I talked to him and it was so cool. He had no idea why I was asking so many questions. Pizza delivery guy ran really fast, which actually ties in. They actually talk about that guy. So I was that's a nice I'll, attention to detail because he talks to Mark I'll the uh, bulldog, I think yeah, it was. Yes. Notably fast breed or whatever he says. Um, and then John Coven, he lives close, works at the gym. Just uh, why <laughs> His these... detective work and notes, he really is stretching. I can see why he had no credibility. Some of these make sense of just like really big, ran really fast. But some that works at the gym, like that's a, that's makes you think that he's Samaritan. Uh, all right. Um, so my next one, and I, I'm going to get a violation of the verbal morality uh, statue for this. But so after Joe is hit by the car, Sam runs over. He's like, are, are you okay? Stallone's delivery of no, <laughs> best deliveries I agree. of anything in the movie and of that line, it was amazing. I completely agree. It's it's so good that it makes me wish that I I could play it on bleeps because it's 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 one of the all time Stallone line deliveries. It really I, I, is. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was well worth me watching the movie twice to get that twice. So I wanted to call it out. Normally we don't curse, but I, I feel like because it's delivered perfectly, you need the full line because it was awesome. It's fine. I'll bleep it. It was definitely worth bringing up. because I, I would have brought it up for sure if you hadn't. It's it's Because it, it also is logical. So he just got... That car had to have been doing like 85 or 90 miles an hour. He oh, yeah. got completely destroyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of go as frequently as we have criticized Stallone for not being good at comedy. It's like when he nails it, he nails it. He does. And there's a few in this actually that think that he does a really good. And now there've been a few movies. So maybe as he's getting older or something, because I really enjoyed King Shark. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of lines, but the, the lines he had, there's other stuff too with the book upside down. There's some of it playing off of him, but some of his lines are really funny as King Shark. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just there's something about the tenor of his voice yeah. or something. I don't know because yeah, in this movie, there's that moment where you learn that he like heats up when he gets hurt it's immediately after he gets hit by the car, and it give me, I need water or whatever, and it's right back to back. <laughs> He gets in the shower and all this steam comes off him and he goes, oh, heaven. <laughs> Something about that made me laugh. Yes. And then he comes out and he's just chowing down on ice cream. Yes. And Eating Sa- quarts at a time. <laughs> yes. And Sam's like, why don't you just drink ice water? I like the taste. I don't like the taste. I had a, That's one of my notes on here. Don't like the taste of ice water? <laughs> Is that what he says? I thought yes. he said, I like the taste of no, ice cream. I don't, no, I don't like the taste of ice water. Well, when you compare it to ice cream, maybe is what he means. <laughs> okay, <right>. yes. <laughs> All right, sorry. What's your uh, what's your next one? Um. Oh, it's another funny line that uh, of Stallone's that really made me laugh. So we kind of skipped over when Cyrus's goons jump uh, Joe in this kind of uh, it's like a tent city kind of. Yeah, a home, they homeless. they, they uh, follow him first, and then yeah. And there's a, there's a fight underneath this like underpass. And he knocks a guy, he throws a guy through a wall or something. And then there's a, you know, he's still trying to keep his secret identity. So there's like a little girl, like six, seven year old girl. And she's just like, I saw you throw that man through the wall. You're Samaritan. He's just like, little girl, you didn't see what you thought you saw. That hole was already there. It's an optical illusion. <laughs> I was going to say the optical illusion. The optical illusion is so funny. Uh, it was. But then they, they throw one of those bombs that are both EMPs and bombs. And he flips over a car to protect the girl. And her that, and himself. And that's yeah. that. Yeah. And guy. then that's also when the camera phones come out and they're taking the video. Right. And the newscast gets a little upbeat because there's there's hope that Samaritan may be back. <laughs> Has Samaritan come Do, to save Don't us? worry about inflation, unemployment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, lack of electricity. <laughs> Samaritan may be back. How is he going to fix any of those things, by the way? That's a great point. I he's didn't really not, think about it. Like they're, they're treating it like he's going to come and solve all their problems. They're, most which, of their problems are economic problems. Right. He can't solve economic problems. Maybe that was the point, and that's what got taken out. I don't know, but I mean, it's, it seems like it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> there's no way that uh, any uh, superpowered person is going to no, solve the problems of Granite City. No, and what's actually that's interesting. Actually, so to me, The Dark Knight Rises was a huge missed opportunity because I thought that movie was going to be something different. Yeah. In in a, in making the question, could Bruce Wayne have done more as Bruce Wayne, philanthropist involved in the community? Right. Than Batman. And that movie, unfortunately, went a complete... I was disappointed because I really thought that's what it was going to be. In a way, this may be inadvertently asking the same thing or pointing out, it's like, well, okay, even let's say if you could fix or solve crime, if you're not solving the underlying like actual problems of society that probably crime is somewhat of a secondary or a symptom, not the actual you know cause, right? 
it's clearly not new. But when you really think about it, it's like what, news. What that Samaritan can't solve most of your problems. He can't give people jobs. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting. I hadn't made that connection, but the Dark Knight Rises is an, a good comparison to this movie because Cyrus kind of is like a bootleg Bane, where he's yeah. trying to like we're gonna just wipe the slate clean and start anew, and now he's rallying all the the, the downtrodden the people, yep. and you know for sure. So yeah, I mean it's it, and but I think I agree that the Dark Knight Rises doesn't really. It misses it. It misses is, it, but he, this movie even more misses it. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So. And the, I mean, maybe it's just me wanting to highlight that. I, you know, the Nolan Batmans, I still love. It is a disappointment because I felt like it had a perfect way to finish out the trilogy. And really, to me, that's the more interesting question is, no, could, could he have actually done more if he would have not spent so much time trying to avenge his parents' death or whatever yeah. he was trying to do and actually, no, spent more time building up the Wayne Foundation and actually trying to change, like, running for office and maybe doing what, you know, in they pick up in the Batman that... Yeah. In, in that, that they choose to have his father run for office. Well, maybe that's what Bruce Wayne should have done. I was just about to say, the Pattinson Batman. Yeah. Because there's the, the mayoral candidate. She's just like, as far as I can tell, Bruce Wayne, you're doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, and it's actually pretty scathing. Right. As far as I can tell, you've done nothing. Your family has a history of philanthropy. You're doing nothing. Right. Yeah. So well, hopefully, hopefully the second one picks up on that. Cause, yeah. I, I would, I, I'm. I hope that there is a second one, and I hope that too. All right, so well, there is a second one. They're making it now for sure. Okay, yeah, I know. Like the the shakeup at DC, there was worries that it would get canceled, but no. I hope James not, Gunn cause... has said it's going to be its own thing. It's not going to be part of the wider universe. He will have his own Batman. So there's going to be two Batmans going on at the same time, which will be weird. But yeah, there's always James so many Gunn Batmans. Will, so James Gunn will have apparently both. Keaton is back well, in the Flash. Yeah, so I was about to say <laughs> the Flash movie has both the uh, Affleck and Keaton as Batman. And also the, the trailer we just saw the trailer today. So like, the trailer looks like there's a Batman in it, just in the suit. So it's not clear which actor it is that is dressed like the Bale Batman. So I was like, maybe he's not in it, but maybe they're going to hint that he's the Bale Batman also exists in another reality, right? Anyway, they're doing all the multiverse stuff anyway, so they can have two Batman and get away with it. So yeah, the Pattinson Batman will continue. I'm glad to hear because I I really enjoyed the Batman. So and I hope that they maybe explore that and pick that up, whether or not he might be able to do more. Yeah, as Bruce Wayne. Uh, all right, so I I want to go back to another I thought great delivery and sequence. Uh, the pawn shop guy. What the hell did you do? I I absolutely love. And then yeah. Stallone offering trying to let like, talking about negotiation. This is how negotiation works. He wants more for the camera. Well, how about if I take your picture? How about I take your picture with it? Right. <laughs> the pawn shop guy like laughing at it. Yeah, I I wanted more of that guy. I really enjoyed him. I agree. It's, I mean, you could tell that they 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 you know he says like oh another Sunday here you are again. He's right. He's there constantly like selling him junk. It felt uh, ad lib that whole scene I in a good way. So it made me wonder if it was but yeah that's a good point it's, that's a negotiation scene where they didn't do the dumb thing that I was talking about earlier uh, alright so you're, you're up I've only got a few more and I, I know you've got the newspapers so I've probably got about maybe two or three more so. I'll save those for last okay. um, can we talk about the uh, handful of one liners that Stallone delivers in the uh, action scene I don't, so I I have them in I think the body count but yeah because I, I was like counting the bodies but alright let, let's do it because well, have a blast is is Definitely Arnold S. Yes. Well, I think we, we've talked, obviously, we're how many we've covered like 50 Stallone movies at this point. We've talked about how Stallone just can't pull off the one liners the way that Arnold does. Yep. I think this movie is an exception. I think pretty it's much a, all of them land. He does a good job with the one liners. He is still not Arnold. No. But it is much better than any other 
of the movies that I remember. We've done a lot and it's taken us a long time. So some of them I might not remember as well as others. Yeah. Without a doubt, this is among his best of being able to stick the landing on zingers. It finally feels like he he's willing to do it without like holding his nose. I feel yeah. like a lot of movies he's just like, I have to do this. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Like he doesn't want to do it. He he commits to them here because have a blast is great. Yeah, that, that's probably the best one. Um, but also when he gets in the elevator, he's just like going my way, <laughs> and as the doors are closing, yeah. both of those I thought uh, he pulled off really well. So I just want to give him credit. I would agree, especially having a blast because I I had that as the kill and the parenthetical with the body count for that one. Yeah. Uh, so talking about kind of the, the 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 time between Sam and and Joe, he's you know trying how strong are you? Well, you saw you know I'm still pretty strong, but the, the I love the sequence because it's so nonsensical to me. Well, how far can because you then cut to a little bit later? How far can you jump? I used to be able to jump over ten cars. How about now? I don't know about nine. <laughs> That's not really much of a drop off if it's thirty years later and you can still jump over nine cars. That that see that, that seemed like a joke to me. Or he just is not being. Do you think so? All right. I think he's not being realistic about how much of a drop off because he says like I'm not gonna hurt myself for you or whatever or hurt yeah. my knees. So it's like he, he's probably like, you know, it's one of those things it's where like one car now. You, you you know someone I can speak from experience as someone who a few years ago was in pretty good shape and uh, now is not so much. And so in my mind I'm, I could I can go down and bench 180 pounds. <laughs> It's no way. But in my mind, it's like nothing's changed. You know, I think it's probably something like Why that. Why am I now envisioning for some reason <laughs> Boogie Nights? How much can you bench? How much? You go first. <laughs> it's in my mind because this, this, this summer I'm uh, going to try and get back in shape. Oh, well, good. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm waiting for the weather to warm up. That's that, that was pretty good, but let, let me show you what you did wrong. <laughs> Still one of my favorite sequences and lie. I love John Riley in that movie, but everything those two characters say to each other is oh, hilarious. It is absolute, but that was pretty good. Let me show you what you did wrong. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry, you're, you're up. Okay, I have one last one before I get to newspapers and clippings and things, and that right. is one. Um, well, we'll talk about the body count later. It seems like for the most part, uh, Nemesis is knocking guys out in this sequence, although. There's an inferno happening, so we'll talk about whether or not to count those. But the one guy that just made me laugh, you know, it's, it's near the end of this whole sequence. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, because I watched it just before I came over here, so I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's right before Farquaad, is that his name? Uh, yeah. Have a blast. Yeah. It's the, it's the guy immediately before him. Okay. Where he runs through a bunch of walls. He runs through a wall. That's what I'm trying. So there was a guy before. There was like three guys in that room, including Farquaad, and he has a reaction like, "Oh come on!" Like he's <laughs> he's so sick of fighting. And I think one guy he just punches, and then yeah. the, the second guy he just like picks him up and chucks him through a tiny window. It's like oh yeah, actually, tiny, it's like a, <laughs> it's in a door. It's in a door. I was actually going to say if that was real, that was an awesome stunt. If I think it was, it was real, I, I think, think it was man. too. Yeah, we're, we're jumped through that window. Um, but so I do, so I do, funny. I do remember it, and it is kind of funny. As as the kids say, he yeeted him out of there. <laughs> if I can sound like an old man for a second, I mean that's like the definition when I when uh, I hear the term yeeted when the kids say yeeted, just the way he's just like, and the guy's just gone. He just disappeared from the movie through this tiny little window. It's so it's so funny that phrase. What it reminds me of, I don't know if you're going to remember in Casino. When the in the movie Casino, you've got the one of uh, Nicky, one of Joe Pesci's guys playing blackjack. He's got his boots off and he's got his feet up on the table. Sure, yeah. And Sam, you know, he, he, Sam tries to de-escalate. The guy won't, and he says he goes to security. And says, "I want you to exit that guy off the president premises. 
using his face, and the security literally picks him up, bolt, and they use his face to open the door. Yeah. That's what I think of when you when he did. That's more of a battering ram. They're using him as like a battering ram. This is just like, boom, and the guy's just gone. It's just it's just always funny. It's like I'm like a child of just like you know what hiding a, like a puppet behind my back, or whatever. Just it's disappeared. Like it's something I'm just very funny about that. <laughs> All right, so I most of the rest because I have on here the RoboCop in the background. I've got that Martin Star coming out of nowhere at the end. We've covered the last one that we haven't covered. We covered a little bit with the quarts of ice cream. So as far as I can tell, <laughs> Joe Smith's diet consists of. A massive amount of sugar because they show him with all these quarts of ice cream he uses to cool down when he needs to, and he combines apple juice with cereal. Yeah, I just said this guy's blood sugar must be off the charts. I assumed because we first see the ice cream when Sam sneaks into his apartment. And yep, like, oh, they do establish it. And I thought the thing was going to be like his metabolism is so like that intense. he needs a, tons of tons of calories. Tons of calories. Yeah. The kind of thing where um, was it Stallone or was it some other actor? Where it's like when when they were gaining weight for a part. It might have been for Copland. Where he's just like I just melted down a bunch of ice cream and just drank it. Oh, I never heard that. Good lord. <laughs> I think that's what he did to gain all that weight. But it's just like if if he has this super metabolism, he just needs an insane amount of calories, and this is just the most concentrated, you know, ice cream that, that I could buy. But they never establish it that no, no, because it's, it's for it's, the cool down. He needs to cool down, and then right? it would be, he is combining apple juice with cereal, which is disgusting yeah, on so many levels. Very disgusting. I'm also not easily disgusted by movies. We're talking about easily scared. <laughs> um, yeah, I was also disgusted by that. But all yeah. right, all right, let's hit me with the newspapers. All right, let's do it. So. The first half, the first batch I'm going to read are from the opening montage that Sam narrates. Um, And then the second batch are are glimpses we see from Joe's scrapbook, which we don't, uh, there's not as much actual text, which is a bummer to me. That's what I want. I want to actually read the article and see if it makes (laughs) sense or not. So if that's not there, I'm usually disappointed. But the, the, the beginning, the opening sequence has lots of text. So let me read this. Granite City Tribune, no date. Granite City's Miracle Twins, it says. Another, this is the text, another plague facing the Granite City pedestrians is the sea of trash literally littered in layers around the city. Literally layered. Literally littered Littered. in layers. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how much of a tongue twister was until I was in the middle of it. Some copywriter was having a lot of fun with that one. Oh, wait. I mean, I think a lot of this gets uh, even more badly written. Some of it even looks deliberately placed, like this is some master at work creating what they believe is called, quote, art, unquote. Have some consideration for our people who who walk everywhere because they're trying to, quote, reduce emissions, unquote. (laughs) Or there are, quote, carbon footprint, unquote. What is this article even talking about? This is obviously written for the movie. Simply can't afford a bus ticket. Oh, these people who are trying to, quote, reduce their emissions can't afford a bus ticket. There's no telling if we will ever rise back up even the mediocre standards of Philadelphia. There's a space there. (laughs) Philadelphia. So is that a guy? I think so. (laughs) Philadelphia. Um, but I believe we have a chance if we stay united, dream a whole hell of a lot better life. Hell of a with H E L L U V A. This is not standard AP style. No, it is not. Um, because the thing about dreams are eventually you wake up, and I'm hoping we wake up from this natural disaster of a catastrophe that is <laughs> Granite City. I'll make my last points, then leave you to digest this article while you finish your morning or early afternoon bowel movements. <laughs> Parenthetical. 
Many have thanked me for helping their, quote, process along, unquote. <laughs> As I've stated before, we have problems, and, and then it gets cut off. This is the article about the the Wonder Twins, Miracle Twins. That's amazing. This so is why was that I, an editorial, or was that, because that seems like an editorial if he's talking about helping with bowel movements. <laughs> it sure seems like who, who was in the byline? The, there's no byline. No. It's just it's just the, the headline. Gotcha. Um, yeah, what kind of article also says, I'll make my last points and then leave you to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, just make your points. This is, there's a limited amount of space in a newspaper. Pardon oh, me while I make my points. Just, just make them. them. Uh, okay, there's another newspaper story. Too blurry to make out the text, but it says, Man leaps, saved by Samaritan. Who leaped from where? Not giving me much information. Third newspaper article, um, which is just a graphic behind, like, it's like kind of superimposed over the sky while they fight. It's kind of hard to read, but it says, Nemesis destroys something something. Melissa Pierce, writer. Okay. Uh, I was able to make out uh, quite a bit of it. So here we go. Tensions have been running high in Granite City for some weeks now. There are many theories on why tensions in the city have grown so hostile. Citing, citing, S I G H T I N G, citing <laughs> government <laughs> budget cuts, <laughs> tax increases, crime spikes, and gang violence. I can see those taxes. <laughs> <laughs> they do it again in a second. The How, finger thing means the taxes. Maybe do, that's what it is. They do it again right now. And this, however, most people cite SIGHT, the local union strike, as the breaking point. Last month, the union decided to shut down work in all the factories in and around Granite City after they could not come to an agreement with business owners over Holy wages. Holy crap, the entire industrial <laughs> apparently, has one union? Apparently. Because there's news stories about like the the civil union. Or the civil, civil union, I understand yeah. that, but now they're this is trying to tell me that then there's one big industrial workers. Apparently, union? The, good lord, the union decided to shut down work in all of the factories in and around Granite City after they could not come to, to an agreement with business owners over wages and employee rights. The idea of something something couldn't make it out. Out of work in an already turbulent economy, something, 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 sit well with many union members, but ultimately decided to fall in line with their union brethren in hopes, of, in hopes for better work environments, something, something, 30 days into the strike, workers are starting, blah, 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 their convictions. After interviewing some union members last week, many are starting to feel the effects of no work. Uh, blah blah blah. Utilities, buy gas, or even groceries, and that's that's the most you can read. I think some of it was getting cut off, which is why the, the yeah. blah 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 is like it's off the edge of the screen. I couldn't see. Um, there's okay. Another article: Samaritan stops Nemesis again. Can't see the text. Uh, another article: Nemesis bombing leaves factory in ruins. This is our hero. <laughs> like that's a newspaper. It's in the news. I gotta think. That's yeah. there's got to be some truth to that, unless the news organization. They say any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> You just can't reconcile these newspaper articles with Joe, like who's there to save his friend. Anyway, that's everything at the beginning. And then in the scrapbook we see of Joe's, um, mostly it's just headlines, not any text. So here's the headlines. Couple dies in tragic house fire. Family struck by tragic fire. Is that, I hope I wrote that down right. That's awkwardly phrased. Plane hijacked at Granite City Airport. Vigilante now called Samaritan. Vigilante strikes again. Media calls him Samaritan. Samaritan saves the day. Child found safe. <laughs> and that's it. That could have been anything. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah, I should be clear. That's a separate headline. Child found safe is the whole headline. <laughs> that could have just been, yeah, like. <laughs> I, I came home from work and my child was there. <laughs> 
He was safe. Thank he goodness. Safe. News. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's everything I've got. All right. So uh, you ready for the devil's advocate then? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Devil's Advocate, the segment of the show where we ask each other questions that we came up with that we try to, the other tries to do their best to answer. Yeah, let me start because actually okay. one one that I have relates to some of those articles I just read. Okay. And it is, um, I mean, let's disregard, let's not treat those those articles as canon. They're obviously written by some schmo in the, you know, the Especially graphics when department. talking about bowel movements. Exactly. They clearly didn't think anybody would ever look at them. But we do see on the news them talking about, like we said, there's a civil service union. Yep. They're on strike. They're en- they enter, uh, the news, art- news says... Civil Service Union enters its second month of strikes due to budget cuts. Uh, Joe's a trash collector, so does that mean he's a scab? Uh, Okay, hold on. So, civil servants... uh, Or is that just, like, mailman and stuff? So, that's tough. Because there's no indication that, he's not passing picketers on the way to work or anything. No, yeah, and and it seems like the trash is getting picked up. Meaning well, there's a lot of trash lying around the alleys yes. and stuff. But, I mean, you can chalk that up to just being a rundown city. So, civil servants, I normally think of that union as more of the, you know, the, the, the like, actual office, you know, workers. Okay. And less of, because normally there'll be a police union, you know, sure. uh, um, uh, public works. Because yeah. that's who I would have assumed. Public works would be, like. They have their own union. Yeah, yeah they have their own union. And the tr- maybe trash and public works. So that would be the only only thing, but I could see where you could jump to the should, is he is he a scab? Because should any of them be working? Because well, he's most being paid th- by the city, presumably. So yes. I went like that. Seems like it would <laughs> unless qualify. you foolishly thought like me that the trash company was a private company that was <laughs> Tennessee, <laughs> TN <laughs> right. with the logo. But here's the thing that actually would not line up and not make sense though. And Joe might be a scab. Is that even if it was, as I said, the civil servants union, normally or very often there might be a sympathy strike. And since those unions would be very, I would be negotiating with the same management. Right. It would probably be fair to say that the trash workers union would also be on strike. So Joe might be a scab. Yeah. What benefits one union benefits them all, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially if they're negotiating uh, with the the, the same management. um, Right. in this case, the city, right? Like I learned from the Simpsons that if the teachers go on strike, then the piano tuners union of <laughs> whatever goes on strike as well. Uh, okay. I barely remember that episode. Uh, I, I mean, I, it rings a vague bell, but I couldn't, I couldn't fill in that. Uh, that's all right. Quote either. It's a deep pull. All right. So my my first question uh, is: I'm going to go right to it. Can you explain to me? I I'm a person that probably would have been. Uh, remembered when I'm gone as somebody who was uh, maybe not rage, but definitely had plenty of anger. How can I channel my anger and rage and forge a destruct? <laughs> How do I channel that into a hammer? Can I understand this is a comic book? I mean, if anyone w- could do it, I think you could do it. <laughs> but anyone I know who would be able to channel their rage into a hammer. <laughs> if someone's like, I need, George Costanza. I, I need someone to channel the rage into a hammer. Who can we find? Like, I got this. Just the person for you. Can, can you explain to me? That I understand. I, I know you're probably going to go to. It's a comic. You got to go with it. But this this was a really dumb, like, in my view, it was a dumb gimmick. I agree. It's not explained and it's not. It doesn't seem consistent with the the reality that it's presenting where these are two kids who were somehow born with these incredible powers. Yes. Yeah, but they're not and magical. 
Correct. They're, they're just very, very strong and fast. Very strong, very fast, and uh, it, it seems to be indestructible. Right. So, like, that doesn't change to magic of being able to, I can harness my energy and power into a weapon. I don't, that, no, I, I agree, and you'll be happy that, to hear this oh. sound for the first time in many episodes. No case! <laughs> I still love finding that poll that an attorney says in Judge Dredd. <laughs> It we is very fun. Got yeah. no case. It didn't jump out at me when I watched the movie, so I'm glad you caught that because it's very fun. Uh, all right, so thank you. I, and, and it's unfortunate because I, I think that there probably would have been a better like there there had to have been something else to channel that would be the difference maker between Nemesis and Samaritan to give him the upper hand than basically the magic ticket or a magic hammer. It's dumb. I think it's in the movie not so much about the. Nemesis being powered more powerful than Samaritan. I think it's in the movie to make Cyrus an equal match for Nemesis for I, Joe. It could be. You're right. Right. That he if if he if the hammer wasn't established, oh, he'd have no chance. He would have yeah. no chance because obviously a whole room full of guys can't stop Joe. So, but you know, and the thing is though is that it also didn't serve as what I thought it was going to then serve as is that Nemesis would destroy the hammer and like, like th- that would be his growth, right? That he would use it to defeat Cyrus, but then like destroy it so that he let go of his rate. Yeah. You, you never like a really, manifestation of yeah. his anger that he destroys it. It that symbolizes find, that he's moved on. Yeah. He's anger. moved on and he let go and you yeah. don't even get that. He just like, that's true. He ties Cyrus up in like as a pretzel, like a pretzel <laughs> knot and then throws him, you know, into the, the flames of the building. Right. So the, the, so the hammer is probably not even destroyed. Somebody else is going to get a crime scene. Somebody else is going to go get the hammer. Yeah, in 20 years, the next Cyrus will break into the police uh, <laughs> evidence locker and steal it. Yes. The whole cycle will repeat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, it's, it's silly, but, you know, it's also like the one symbol of this movie is he's got this hammer and the movie's constantly, you know, there's a moment where he breaks out of that pile. He, like, yeah. Breaks down the ceiling and drops on a bunch the of guys. body count really went up with that move. Yes, for sure. Uh, but then he bursts the hammer out and is trying to turn it into this iconic thing. I mean, I, I, I think some of that is probably like... Thor. Well, sure, yes. But like the the writer of this movie being like, he needs an iconic weapon. You know, if he, Someone trying to turn Samaritan into a thing, even though he's not Samaritan. You know, but turning Nemesis into like a pop culture icon. Like, what's the iconography? He's got a hammer, right? That's probably part of it. A lot of these we already talked about. I had a question and I think you already answered. I'm just going to bring it up now and I'm I'm pretty sure I agree with you. But when Joe says when he gets hurt and his body heats up and he's like, if I don't cool down, my heart explodes. And I, I wrote down like, his heart explodes like he has a heart attack or his heart explodes like a nuclear bomb? <laughs> I think it's clear it's a nuclear bomb, right? But I mean, I wasn't it wasn't clear to me like maybe he just means he'll die. Like he'll just have a heart I don't attack. know. So I think I actually would go the other way because they show that he, you know, you can hear the like, in the in the fire, the thumping. I think it's like he'll just die. That like okay. I, I don't think that yes, he's got a nuclear accelerator strapped in, inside of his chest. But he literally is physically heating up, though, right? He is heating up. They don't really explain how his his temperature and his body heat is you know runs hotter that when he gets injured, right? Whatever that is his superpower or the power between behind his powers somehow makes his body heat. They don't explain it. So I could see where you would jump to that, but the thumping in the in the fire, I, I let it as that he would just die, that he wouldn't ex- like literally explode. Okay, I thought you were hinting the other way, but so that, that's good then. I'm glad I brought it up as a question because at the end of the movie when he's defeated uh, Cyrus and he's just like, I need water, hit me with the water. 
And there's part of me being like, Sam, run. He's going to, the whole building's going to blow up. <laughs> I know he's your friend, but because you know, it, it, it first doesn't seem like it's going to work, right? Yeah. He hits him with some water, and then the pipe runs out of water because of the fire. Yeah, and then somehow that was enough, which I... I've, I guess it ended up being enough. Yeah, it seemed like a stretch. I mean, it looks like he's going to die Like it, it, for a long time. It's like a 10-second stretch where it's like, oh, it didn't work. It wasn't enough water. Yep. And that moment, we're like, his heart might blow up like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> but you I might want to get guess, out of there from the fallout, Sam. I guess maybe not. All right, so I'm going to go back to that uh, the, the note that you had about Sam's very detailed notes that he had on his suspects to be Sabaran. My question is, it's why does Sam have to hide? It's hidden in his closet, hidden under a little Rico poster. He's got all of his like notes and his drawings. Why does Sam have to hide that in the closet behind a poster? Uh, I assumed it was because his mom probably told him, like, enough of this Samaritan stuff. Like, you've got to... Stop being so obsessed with Samaritan, blah, blah, blah. He's gone. All right, I can buy that. But right. it's not like they, there was some nefarious people out there like trying to... Martin Starr wasn't like trying to steal his detective work or no, something. I it's think, his mom. I think it was just his mom. But I mean... I it, think that makes sense. They do talk about how like in this part of the city where people you know are, are having such a hard time, people, um, they lionize Nemesis and not Samaritan, right? But I don't think that's it. I think it's more just... He'd get in his, trouble from his mom. His mom wants him to focus on school or something not, actually important. Not that she would even notice because she seems so like wrapped up in her own She's stuff. She's constantly working. I mean, this. look, yeah, she obviously has to work like long hours just to make ends meet and blah, blah, blah. So like, she, there's a reason why she's not that, that involved and why he's just roaming free. But, you know, because of that, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting any judgment. I'm just saying she probably wouldn't even notice that he was doing that. Yeah, and it, what's funny is as you said that too, one of the other things that would – came to the front of my mind too with this one is that some of that stuff was very much last action hero you know i, I was yeah. very much thinking of danny in in you know the pre pre magic magic ticket my ass mcbain pre magic ticket thinking you know danny a lot of similarities um between him and sam yeah i mean the only thing that was missing was joe and her becoming friends and her <laughs> teaching him about opera <laughs> i like this <laughs> what what is this turn this up it's Mozart, the guy that killed practice. <laughs> what a great movie. He killed Mozart. Yes, it is. I feel like, Pete, the world has come around in the, you may not believe this, but in the eight years since we've <laughs> covered Last Action Hero. Has it really been eight years? It's been eight years since we started this podcast. Uh, well, like seven and a half. It was Whatever. eight, eight it, calendar years ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I feel like the world has really come around, because at the has time, it? it was. I don't think Last Action Hero had the as much. I, I mean, it I, I don't. I'm not, claiming, was, I'm not claiming claiming that we are responsible. Yeah. I'm not claiming ownership in any way. I just think that we were a part of this wave that we has, were, I think, grown a lot. We since were then. always early, and I think it was becoming more appreciated when we first started the podcast. Yeah. But if if what you're saying is true, I think it's great because part of the reason we did start it, that movie needed the recognition. It is to me. It is. It's one of the great action movies, and um, I, I said this the other day actually. Because I my kids didn't completely you know know I was talking talking about I said to them I said the f first movie that I did with Mr. Kevin when we started recording I said at the time meta the word meta I think it's because that came up I think because of Facebook or whatever I'm like right. like the word meta if, at least to my knowledge did not exist when that movie came out but it was like the it was probably one of the first if not the first meta movies of all that it was so self-referential yeah and and poking fun i'm like it it 
if it didn't invent the genre, I'm like, it was among the very early adopters. I'm like, it was just too far ahead of its time. And well, now yeah, people didn't get it. People didn't understand what it was doing. Yes. And it's like, just now, like, why is this, why is this action movie so weird and like goofy? It's like, well, it's cause it's, it's, it's making, a parody. It's right. like, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a parody of itself. Yeah. And, but it, but, to, to that point, like now today, that's what people crave. People, like it's gone too far. I know we've talked about it. It's gone too far. I'm. I hope you're right that people are starting to discover it. It is crazy to hear that we did that episode like eight years ago. <laughs> that yep. we will be approaching a decade in the not too distant future from when we did that. It doesn't. Speaking of things not feeling like it was that long ago, it doesn't feel like that long ago. I was so excited to be talking with you about Last Action Hero. Yeah, it's been a fun. But it's been a fun journey for sure. <laughs> it absolutely has. I'm just trying to figure out what job I was. It was like three jobs ago. <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, my kids were really little kids. My my son's turning 13 in a day or so, and my daughter will turn 15 in about a month. Back then, they were really little kids when we started, and that's part of the reason why this podcast. Is what I said, I'm like, you know, I don't think the kids are going to listen, but we probably shouldn't curse, you know, because I unfortunately <laughs> curse in my regular vernacular. But I'm like, you know, my kids are little. I don't know. Maybe they'll want to listen. So I'm also glad we maintained that, but they were really little when we started. Well, some of that is also on a lot of podcast uh, platforms. If you curse a lot, they'll put a, like a oh, really? adult's uh, flag on it or some, some kind that. of thing like that. So okay. that's that's another reason. Too. All right. Well, all right. I only have like one or two more questions, but I think you're, you're up. Uh, I don't have a ton. We talked about a lot of the stuff. Can we talk about, I, I think one thing that I was just confused about was... Reza, who was that slightly older kid. Yep. Uh, and Sam. Who, by the way, who had a little bit of a vibe. I was getting Gary Oldman in True Romance. Just maybe it was with like the heroin. I was very yeah. much. Maybe it's because I just watched the first episode of Barry not that long ago. I don't know if you watch Barry or not, but I'm I'm going to rewatch all of them getting ready for I think it's the final season that's coming up. I here. need to catch up. I watched the first season and that's it. It's oh, really? Any reason beyond um, that? Season two was really good. Season three. It was, you know, each one was getting less comedy, more, you know, less dark comedy, more dark. It got really dark by the end of like this last season yeah. to the point where I'm like, I'm not even sure they can do another season after this. Um, but that said, definitely pick it back up. And I just, I want to share this with you at one point because you, you kind of, I mean, if you saw season one, you got, you know, I, this wasn't completely spoiling, but there's a line in season three early on, sort of going back to the Hollywood thing I was talking about where Gene is talking to his manager and Gene eventually kind of is on the comeback trail, and his manager's like, "Well, we got work." Okay. He's like, "No, I got to get the hell out of town." He's like, "What are you talking about? You're like the hottest thing that there is." No, I pissed off the wrong guy. <laughs> his manager immediately doesn't miss a beat. Well, that's on brand. <laughs> it was absolutely because <laughs> I could definitely see the manager for Gene Kuzman thinking, "I finally have some for this guy, and now he's pissed off the wrong guy." That's so good. anyway, sorry. Okay. Anyway, Reza. So there's this conflict between him and Sam early where the this this attempted theft of lotto tickets goes goes bad. <laughs> They're Uts potato chips. <laughs> well, they were Uts, you're right. They were I actually really I like Uts potato chips. I so. do too, but it, yeah, the only place I see them really is at Potbellies. No, no, <laughs> the they're, only place I ever they're, see. They're in grocery stores here now cuz they actually okay. they the company uh, it was a family company it actually went public so they're trying to expand oh. just to be of course free to lay the big behemoth they just keep coming out with different stuff just to take up shelf space. So they don't have a lot of shelf space. <laughs> right. But you can find Uts because I, I really like their potato chips. They're uh-huh. way better than Lay's. And I, I like a lot of Frito-Lay products, but their potato chips are not nearly as good I as I agree. Uts. I like Uts. That's why it's half the reason why I get to get pot bellies is just like, let me get some Uts. Well, you can find them in Jewel now. So, so okay. you know, you can find Uts potato oh, chips. And those them. were definitely the ones because I recognized the bag when they, when they opened <laughs> right. up the box. Anyway, I keep forgetting my question. Oh, uh, <laughs> 
Cyrus. So they go to Cyrus's Reza and Sam, and this this uh, theft has gone bad, and they end up with yep. these potato chips. And uh, um, Reza blames Sam, and just like he grabbed the wrong yeah, box, or whatever. And Sam says, "Like, no, that's not true. You're lying." And then there's a whole thing of like Cyrus going, "Good job, kid. You you didn't rat or you didn't lie or whatever. You you. What was that about? I I, I wish I had the exact." Um, wording. But Cyrus is basically like, "Hey, I'm impressed. You didn't rat. It's like rat on what to who?" I, so I, what I took that is, I thought that was this was another sequence where things were cut, and I don't know Maybe. why they would have been and were missing because I was confused as well. It felt really disjointed, and really most of the, I called it the 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 clubhouse, not the RoboCop clubhouse, but that that's what I called you know wherever well, the, their shop that they were set up. It is the, the clubhouse <laughs> with the RoboCop yes. uh, machine in it. So. so and video game you know arcade games are definitely part of a clubhouse. Yeah, but an, another example of like it's just felt really disjointed, and there was more. Uh, is the is it Cena? No, what was her name? Oh yeah, His, uh, Sill. It was Sill. Sill. We have not talked about her once because no. she has nothing to do in this movie. She has nothing to do. But I also got the feeling because there are multiple scenes. The scenes that she's in where she has nothing to do, each one of them feels like there's stuff cut from it. Yeah, maybe. So what? What I think is everything related to the clubhouse for whatever reason, including this, there was other stuff, and there might have been a whole plot line that had more of Sill and Reza a little bit in it that I think all got cut out. Yeah, I think you're right. Is is what I think it is. So I, I you may have to give me the I got no case because my really my case is I think stuff was cut and I can't really explain I mean, that's what ex- he was not ratting about because I think it was just left on the cutting room floor. Okay. I think that explains because it felt to me like he was saying, hey, you didn't you didn't rat on Reza to me. <laughs> That, it's like what? That's what? Don't you want him to rat Reza out? Don't you you want everyone to tell you the truth, just not the cops. <laughs> that's what I and, and you need to know how to whistle too. By the way, you better know how to whistle. Oh, that true. was one of the things I skipped in little details. It's like, can you give him some other way to alert you that the police are coming? Does it have to be a whistle? But it didn't seem that important because then he just pays them off. Like they're, they're on the take anyway. Those right? particular cops. But I think it was other. It was like the only way you can notify me of the co- so you know sort of like in Rambo: Last Blood, you have all the guys on the phones that are clearly calling each other and saying this guy is coming. Can't he just do that? Why does he have to go? <laughs> Why does he have to do that? I anyway. think it was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be a comedy scene. Of, he can't whistle. but yeah, I don't know. Cyrus so. seemed pretty serious about you better learn how to whistle at the end of that scene. Oh, no. He's serious. But I think we're supposed to be like, ah, he can't whistle. Ha, ha, ha. I don't I know. guess. So I don't know. I You you can give me the no case button if you like because right. I'm not sure mine was. All right. Here you go. No case. There we go. All right. So my, my last one. Because we've answered, um, you, you, you've already answered how it just becomes chaos and anarchy as soon as the lights go out in this town. And then immediately is not chaos and anarchy when <laughs> the end of the movie. Is that what your question is going to be? Basically. <laughs> here's what I, I had the same question. It was going to be my next question, so go ahead. But no, here's, here's, no, you can ask that question. Here's my last question. So Cyrus breaks into the police evidence room. That's the first that we get of this uh, blackout bomb or whatever, and that poor police officer in the evidence room that just got oh, yeah. blown up inside just, the room. Just disintegrated. Yes. Yeah. How did Cyrus know where in the evidence room I, I, that he, hammer is there? He must have had an inside guy. It, it, there's, think, 
there's these intimations that he's got guys like seated everywhere in town because the reason why they have those bombs is because some like military, oh, military base, base was closing. Yeah, you're right. And they were going to bury him. And he's like, I had a guy stationed there. It was one of my guys and he stole them all. It's I like, guess you're right. That so seems that- like a bigger deal than a hammer. Like, you're going to do way more damage with these bombs. Like, just stop A variety there. of damage. Right. That's it. No, you're, I think that's a good explanation. And he had some cops that were clearly on the take. So yeah. somebody, somebody, he must have had somebody in the evidence room tell him, go to, you know, X door or whatever. And that's where the stuff Yeah, they is. definitely seemed like they knew where they were going. And uh, they I, had the whole thing planned out. I did have a problem that there is a, speaking of having cases, they had a case that literally had an incomplete, it was, Perfect size and shape just for that hammer to be put in. Did, did the police and the evidence <laughs> go and have a custom case made for this evidence? I don't think uh, Nemesis would have. So I think the police must have created it. Yeah, with the cutout foam and everything. Yeah, the, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. Like the mass, I could kind of buy that there might have been something they could have got off the shelf with the custom foam for mass. Right. But that hammer was clearly a custom hammer. I don't, I mean, I, I have to think a real police evidence locker, they're not going to, like, yes, you have to make sure evidence is well cared for, it's not damaged or whatever, but, <laughs> but it's not in like a above, collector's case. Yeah, above and beyond. I mean, maybe one of the cops was a Nemesis fan, just like Cyrus, and just like, this needs special care. I'm going to make sure this hammer is And well he, like, crafted for. his own container. Well, how long, you know, this is not one of my questions. That's the other thing. I was just thinking about this. How long does evidence sit? Was there even a trial? They're both dead. Like, what, why are they holding on to evidence Ooh. for oh. a, a non-trial? What do that they need this an, evidence for? That is an excellent question that I didn't think of. Not until we talked it through. I didn't think of it either. Because they're both, presumed, they're both presumed dead. Right. I guess the only thing is because they're presumed, but uh, clearly they couldn't have found the bodies. Well, one of them, obviously. Yeah. At least one of them. But I'm going to guess they couldn't find him. So the only thing I could maybe explain is that it definitely was a crime scene. I mean, without a doubt, it was sure. a crime scene. Oh, yeah. Potentially a murder scene. Yeah. So only because they couldn't, they didn't. And I'm going to presume they didn't find either. Because, they can't close the case because they couldn't find a body. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what, that only reason. But it is a pretty good question I hadn't thought of. of yeah, what evidence for what? <laughs> right. Because they do have the mass, though, so clearly they were there, but they're both presumed dead. But the right. thing is, they don't have the bodies because... Okay, I'll buy that. Uh, will you buy it for a dollar? I'd buy that for a dollar. Sorry. That's I what this movie needed, was a guy like that. You absolutely did. Yeah. You needed some levity. You needed those com- what you needed those commercials, because it's not even just the I'd buy that for a dollar. I love the two families playing like the, the nuclear war version of Battleship. Right. I, Newcomer or something. Yeah, whatever the name of it is, that kind of stuff was awesome. I really love those commercials. Yeah. So this I mean, definitely this movie definitely needed a little more more comedy. Humor, I mean, look, th- there was enough. It was enough, but it could have used more. Without that. So what's your last question? Uh, I think we covered everything, actually. Okay. I mean, I already kind of brought up briefly how is it possible that Al's bookstore is thriving. <laughs> the most thriving. Just, not just, it's... it's Shuttered a, shops on every side. Everything. And, I mean, most bookstores in our, you know, our economy here, most bookstores have closed. Somehow, yeah. in an economy where there's no money, he is just killing it. That kind of bookstore... You know, could survive in like an upscale neighborhood where it's kind of like, oh, it's, it's our neighborhood bookstore. We've yeah. got, you know, or cash if, to spend to spare. Or if it was like Raise a Cult and it has, right. you know, like a very, very specific 
<laughs> right. Clientele or, that are coming, you know, from other places to purchase books. Or just looks like one of these stores that looks like it's been there for 80 years and they're locked into some rent-controlled place and, you know, they're just <laughs> there on momentum alone, you know. Right. Yeah, it didn't seem like that. It looked like, you know, it, it, the kind of place that would never survive. Oh, no. <laughs> it would, it, that was clearly going to be the first place that would close. Yeah. I mean, even even 40 years ago, even in the 80s when bookstores were around you know, right. in, in, that, in that neighborhood. That was going to be one of the first places to go. You can go to the library and get books for free. The, so. the theft alone, because like <laughs> it's very easy to walk out with a book. You know, it's hard to... But, but at least based upon his book on Nemesis, or on Samaritan, I don't no think anybody was stealing those no books. Those. He clearly had a lot of copies. Uh, I think I'm done, though. All right. Well, then it's uh, it's time for the Silk Kozar Corner. Uh, it sure is. Both of y'all. Yes, y'all. Go back to Um, I get. Well, I had one more. Whatever. Oh, I'm wow. not gonna go back. Well, because we we briefly touched on like what happened to the riot. There was like the Cyrus was quelled. Cut the power. He succeeded in um in uh, shutting down the power the- for the entire whatever region of the country. Yeah, but and there's a huge riot, and at the end of the movie, everyone there's news out there. Martin Starr's out there, like, hey, I'm perfectly safe. Like, yeah. no one seems to. No, well, because I, I think that back. speaks to. Stuff being cut, I think. I, oh, without a doubt, Some, something clearly had to have happened where the people rallied somehow. Somehow, because like, yeah, Sam's mom is just wandering around the town. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? What? There, there must have been a cut subplot where she was doing something. Without, yes. Without. Anyway, Silk Cozart. This is the segment. Uh, this is the Silk Cozart Internet Research Corner, where I take a deep dive into uh, some piece of internet trivia that uh, the movie made me curious about, named in honor of Silk Cozart, the actor in Eraser, and Whitman Can't Jump. Um. <laughs> So I, uh, I'll need you to guess whether or not I'm going to guess did. that you did this time because I was reaching for my phone. Yes, <laughs> he saw me reaching for my phone and went, "Oh, he must have done something." So I don't have a lot. I'm interested in what you came up with on this. What? Well, I'll tell you what I wanted to do, and then ended up going. Well, there's not that much interesting information here. But what I wanted to do, since this is Granite City, is I was curious about all of the fictional comic book cities and in particular dc oh. because they're the ones that all have all the you know metropolis metropolis and, smallville and, and uh, gotham city and all this yeah. i was like what are the, some of the lesser known cities and can i find some interesting <laughs> tidbits about That's an interesting the take. lesser known cities of dc the problem is there's not all that much um interesting or funny here there are a couple of things that i went like ah, i i should probably read this uh and now i need to find them so You'll have to bear with were there, me. Were there a lot of cities? I mean, obviously the ones in Metropolis and I mean, Gotham City. There, there were a ton. I limited to only fictional DC cities that have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> there were like hundreds otherwise. Um, I'm surprised there's that many. Well, well, whatever, 80 years. Is 90 I know years there's a lot of comics. comic books, but it's like it's interesting that they would create that many fictional cities. But. Well, I think by and large, DC doesn't use a lot of real locations. I think now they do more like... You'll see New York City or whatever. Yeah. But it's not like Marvel where like Spider-Man lives in New York City. Right? Yes, he does. Queens. Okay, so, so that's either, what you either, wanted to do, but what did you do then? No, that's what I wanted to do, oh. and it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> well, let me just read the one. I thought you found something else that you moved no, to. No, 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 no. Of course. That was the thing, and then I, I have a couple of Wikipedia. And they, were, they were like, I was reading through these and being like, oh, that's a funny detail. But then now I'm just scrolling through going like, where was the thing that I wanted to read? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, so I didn't really do much, but let me, let me just, I was going what to, what would you say you do here? Well, the, the reason why I wanted to, cause I was going to build to the one fake DC location that I thought was actually, it was, it was definitely my favorite and it only appears on the sixties Batman TV show. Oh, and so they, is that Canon? 
not in the comics, but okay. I mean it's a DC thing. Okay. So, um, yeah, obviously the the show is set in Gotham City, so mm-hmm. it's all it's a fictional place. And so when they when the Beatles hit and they wanted to do a a, a series of episodes set in England to capitalize on the, the British invasion, yeah. they traveled to not London, they traveled traveled to Londinium, <laughs> which is the London equivalent of Gotham City. Londinium. Londinium. Okay, so let me just read this Wikipedia article. The television series Batman aired a three-part series of episodes in ni- 1967 during its third season. The London Londinium Larcenies, The Foggiest Notion, and the... <laughs> That's awesome. And The Bloody Tower. It was the series' tribute to the swinging London period of the 1960s. At the time of airing of the show, the British invasion was underway, and British culture and fashion were trendy in North America. In these episodes, Batman, Robin, Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, Chief O'Hara, and Barbara Gordon visit Londinium. Why do they all go? <laughs> they, well, for an international police conference. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? It's so flimsy. <laughs> it's very flimsy. You know what that reminds me of? This is this just speaks to the kind of movies I watched as a child. It's the same premise as Police Academy Five: Assignment Miami Beach. <laughs> That's actually the police academy I saw the most, and I don't remember why. <laughs> I, yeah, it was on cable a lot, I think. That's, that's probably just, why. That's just the one that came out in the late 80s, you know, that was, uh, <laughs> that was like 88, 89 or something. Because isn't that the one where they, they write Dorkins? Yeah. All I had to do was, like, make a fist by my chest, and Keen immediately oh. knew, oh, it's the one where they put Dork on here. We've talked about this, this oh, scene. Dork. We've talked about this scene before, definitely. Possibly on the podcast. I, I don't think know. we have, because I do really enjoy it. <laughs> Hello, Hello dork. dork. And I talked about, yeah, we talked about it on the podcast, because I talked about how the music in that scene pops into my head randomly just throughout <laughs> my life. I haven't watched that movie in 20 years, at least. And I'll just be going about my day, and then suddenly, boop, 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 the steel drums. Yes. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, Dork. Hey, Dork. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, I must tell you, the citizens of your city are incredibly rude. Right. I'm sorry to hear that, Captain Dork. <laughs> Police Academy 5. Underrated? Probably. I, I'm sure it does not hold up. I'm sure if we actually watch the movie. Because as I'm thinking now, isn't isn't one of the Lloyd Brons in that yes, movie? Yes, he replaced um, uh, Steve Gutenberg, yeah, who did not want to come back. So it was a situation where they wrote it. They, it's Lloyd Braun. They clearly wrote it for Mahoney, and then they inserted one line of just like, this is my nephew, Steve, or whatever. I don't remember what that character name was. Solve it with one line exactly. of dialogue. But then he's just acting like Mahoney, and obviously was supposed to be Mahoney, and Steve Gutenberg didn't want to come back. Um, anyway. Okay, Let's get so back to Londinium. Londinium. Oh, my God. A <laughs> the crew is there for an international police conference. There, the crime fighters attempt to foil Lord Marmaduke Fogg and his sister, Lady Penelope Peasoup's plot to steal priceless treasures with the aid of a fog-creating pipe, <laughs> which I assume means like a smoking pipe because he's British and they had to make him like a proper British man. Oh my god, that's awesome. I, I want to see a, these. I also want to see these. I assume it's like he smokes a pipe and then the pipe yeah. billow, smoke billows out of it. People and get knocked out or whatever. Yes. Batman episodes were usually structured as two-part series with a cliffhanger in the middle, but occasionally had a three-part series. The Londinium set was a th- Londinium set of episodes, I assume they mean, was a third and final of such three-episode plot lines. Uh, we can go through the plot. Is a guy who steals valuables using smoke. His name is, is what is it, something Fog? 
Um, and it was Lady Lord Marmaduke Fogg, F F O G G, Lord Marmaduke Fogg, and his sister Lady Penelope Pea Soup, which I assume is her married name. Pea Soup. Well, like it's like fog, right? You can't. It's like pea soup. Um, <laughs> let me just read the reception because I do remember this. Keith R A De Candido, which is a he wrote in a hostile retro. <laughs> retrospective a hostile retrospective is so funny to me keith r a de candido wrote a hostile res- retrospective in 2017 giving the londinium episodes a rating of one out of ten he thought that rudy valet gave a quote dreadful and under uninteresting performance as fog it also wasted the episode's premise that valet was an american who did not perform in a good english accent <laughs> Um, he thought the British actress Glynis Johns acquitted herself far better as pea soup. Uh, the sets also did not play into the episode's premise. DeCandido thought that they were obvious California locations that didn't act, did not actually utilize or sell the fun of episodes set in London. Why is the Hollywood sign in the background, Batman? <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, I also want to see these episodes. Three-part series. They sound like, actually, they would be a lot of fun. Yes. I, I don't, mean, don't, mo- most of that Batman actually is a lot of fun. I, I, the I movie love, is one of my favorite movies to watch. I love the 60s Batman show. I don't know if it's available on any streaming service. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if it is on HBO Max or not. <laughs> it is a DC thing, so yeah, maybe, yeah, they, maybe they it They may be. have it. Huh. I own, I do have the movie on DVD. That that movie is <laughs> also oh, is that amazing? It is one of the funniest movies of all time. Get the shark repellent spray. Some days you can't get rid of. A that's bomb. that's the line. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. I do use on a fairly regular basis. It is so awesome. The one moment from the Batman TV show, and I, I don't remember what episode. It could have been any episode. It was just I just happened to catch this episode, and it was Batman breaking into a safe. And Commissioner Gordon's like, Batman, how did you break into that safe in eight seconds flat without knowing the combination? Why, with my unknown combination, eight seconds flat bat safe opener. And he he shows it to the camera and it says all that on a label. It's the best. That show's the best. (laughs) I never saw that. I would be pissing myself. I laughed so hard. It's all a label. It's so many words to say, and then they have a label on it. When I was on Twitter, one of my favorite tw- Twitter uh, accounts that I followed was, I think it's just called Batman Labels, and it's all the labels from the Batman TV show, <laughs> and it's so funny, because they're all so specific. That's amazing. You know, it should be like, you know, like soup sifter or whatever. He's got like a device for every specific thing that he wants to do. It's quite a utility um, belt. Anyway, but that's that's the silk cozer. I, I, right. I wanted to do more, but there wasn't that's a lot right. interesting stuff. It made me laugh. You've, you've made my day. Because I want, because uh, uh, after talking about uh, all the crazy DC characters on uh, yeah, there the Suicide some, Squad. Yeah, some really low, uh, low on the totem pole. Yeah, I did see one of the cities that I was, I think it was like Star City. Um, in the comics was destroyed by Mongol. Remember? We were talking? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mongol, the brother of Mongal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him. We talked about him. Yeah, so. the Suicide Squad. Anyway, it was destroyed. The city was destroyed. and It was destroyed in the year that Superman was dead. And it was supposed to illustrate, like, see what happens when Superman's not around? The whole a, damn city was destroyed. It's a big problem when yeah. Superman's not here. Absolutely. Anyway, let's move on to the body count. Yep. That's why we're here. This movie, we only killed 48 people compared to the last one where we killed 119. Speaking of last action hero, all right, the body count, which is the reason why we're here. So should we compare notes to, to make sure that uh, we've, we've got the same amount outside of, yeah, the fire? I didn't count the guys that clearly were maimed and or knocked out. Really? Okay. 
Because I feel like they're knocked out and there's a, the fire is incredibly intense. I, I kind of went like, and, and it's clear that Nemesis doesn't care about them. Oh, yeah. He's not going to go back and save them. No, no. He's <laughs> he's definitely not. So it's just a question of whether or not they became conscious fast enough to get to the elevator that those guys in the elevator couldn't get their way out of because Nemesis caught up to him first. So mm. I'm not going to tell you to change the number, but I don't have them in mind. So yours is definitely going to have to be the official number. Well, I have two numbers, and one of them is not counting those guys. One of them is, and then it's a huge difference. Because he, here's the thing, though, is that it's tough because... Nemesis doesn't start the fire. So what kills them? Good point. Oh no, he does. The bomb blows up. He he packs a oh, bomb crap. into oh, his yeah, you're right. into his uh All right, trash then truck. it yeah. Should we count them? Yeah, we should. Okay, so I won't change my number. So what I had is I had if if you're not counting guys Yeah, so let's compare so at least I I had 31. 31? Yes. Oh, if you didn't count the guys uh, just knocked out, I had 14. Really? All right, let's go through cuz here I, I don't have them broken out that much. I mean, I, I, I could find my notes, but... Oh, man. Well, I mean, in the elevator alone, I assume those guys, they yes. were not coming out. That was like eight right there. I think I have nine there. Okay. Uh, if I remember. I'll go find them. Oh, man. I mean... But so, like, I who, mean, the, who else the, is there? Well, the he's got those the guys that surround him when he takes the hammer and has all the stone. That, that's like 12 guys that got crushed by stone. I didn't count them. It didn't seem like... They would have died. They would have been they trapped were under crushed by stone. Well, but I, I counted them. If you consider guys dying in the fire, I counted them. So if we're going with that number, okay. then it's all included. All right, then I but would I, have counted them without the fire because those guys were not getting back up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't like pebbles. Those were like it was like giant concrete that fell on those guys. I just don't know you, if that would have been. You had he had to take his hammer and push his hammer up through. It was a giant pile of rubble. Well, it's a moot point because I counted them as dead. Okay. I thought they were only knocked out, but then I figured right. they would die in a fire. That's fine. We're, we're clearly not going to line up, so what's your what's your number? So the number I ended up with was 54. Okay. I, I'm fine with that because I was already at 30 without the fire. So Right. And a lot of those guys are just getting kicked and punched. And, yes. Um, but, I mean, they're they're lying there. Like the, the first like five or six guys he knocks out, they're lying there the whole action sequence. You can yeah. see him in the background, like when he's fighting Cyrus and all this. So, I, uh, I that's I, that's fair. That's they all fair. they all count as dead. So, okay, we're Ar we're comparing Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's. Arnold had an average body count of 14.39, a total body count of five hundred forty-seven. Uh, if you remember, at the end of the Rambo Last Blood episode, Sylvester Stallone only needed two additional on his body count to surpass Arnold. So, obviously, regardless of what we count. <laughs> He has yes. done that. He yes, has, without a doubt. He is now, in terms of total body count in his entire cinematic career, he, he is the victor, and we'll see how far, much farther he gets in the next Here's what would be interesting, though, is the rest of the movies that we have to cover. If it wasn't for this relatively new one, Nemesis, if there weren't two in those other movies, it would be interesting because then it really just comes down to that Stallone is still making That's true. movies and that Arnold is not. He, that this would have been the movie that put him past him for, for many, many years. Arnold was the champion. Yep. He just outlasted him. He was just the slow and steady wins the race kind of. Pretty a, much. Now, yeah. I imagine there's probably in the couple that are left, there's probably one in there that's got more than two, but I don't know because I don't completely remember what's left. I'm not sure because most of it's like a lot of dramas and stuff. Like, I, I don't have the full list in front of me, but I don't know. I, I think this was the last chance. Well, there's Backtrace. I don't know what I don't know what that movie is. So. Is that the one with Matthew Modine? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, so that's the other one that probably maybe that's there's at least two. The that only candidate. I don't think anything else. There's any chance 
I mean, I don't know. Clearly, you're not picking Backtrace next. Not, I'm not picking up Backtrace. But um, anyway, so he had 54 in this movie, which gives him across 52 movies now, a total body count of 599, which is 11.3 per movie. So he's actually getting, he's as close to Arnold's 14.39 as he's been in a long time, but he's not going to catch and, on there. That's for Well, sure. he's got another Expendables. That's true. That one. That one. I mean, if you if you scroll up, I think it was an Expendables two. That damn bridge got him like a hundred alone. That's a good point. I mean, as long as he's still making movies, he's not out of the running. He, he just had to average like a hundred and fifty per movie to really get caught up. <laughs> yeah. But in the average, but yeah, total body count five hundred ninety nine right. has blown past Arnold's five forty seven thanks to the raging fire in this warehouse that eventually killed everyone in there. I think it's safe to say. Oh, without a doubt, yes. Okay, so right. let's move on. To Time to give some awards. Yes, Wrecking Crew Award. Outstanding achievement explosion. All right, the Wrecking Crew Award. This is the time, the segment of the show where we give our award for which character, inanimate object, uh, I don't know what else, uh, wrecked the most shop in the movie. Sometimes it's abstract thought. <laughs> Mine's pretty abstract, so why don't you go Are first? you serious? Yeah. How did you come up with an abstract one? All right, look. I, just based on the body count, it, it's Joe Nemesis. He He's the only super, you know, anyone with superpowers... He beats up kids. He destroys buildings. I, I gave it to the to me what was the obvious choice. <laughs> if I was going to give it to a person, he would definitely be it. I, I seriously, I can't even. He did a lot. He, he caused a lot of damage in this movie. Burned down Cyrus's yes. warehouse, his clubhouse. Are you, are you giving him to those like smoke bombs? What? No. I. You look at the world that this this is set in, and you go, the world is already pretty wrecked even before things started. I'm giving the Wrecking Crew award to economic hardship. <laughs> so, so, so you you are taking the Ra's al Ghul approach. You think that a war of economics is the way to destroy Gotham City is what you're saying. I'm not saying that uh, I want, uh, what's the city called? The Granite City. I'm not saying I want it to be destroyed. No, but what, I'm just saying it's in real bad shape. Okay. And the, the, all of the problems in this movie are caused by those economic uh, arts. That's fair. So, but what you're saying is that Ra's al Ghul's strategy was a good strategy in Batman Begins. I could, he, his new weapon was it was he was waging it in economics. Let me just say this: I think if if Razal Ghul had seen Granite City, I think his strategy would have been much more justified. Just look at the city and be like, "Oh my god, tear it to the ground and start over!" Right? Like no, but his strategy is how to finally like break Gotham. Are you talking about Razal Ghul? Are you talking about Bane? No, Razal Ghul in the first one. His- he wanted to kill everyone and like destroy the city and start over, didn't he? He, he wanted to totally destroy Gotham City he, and like he, raise it to the ground. No, so they his, start over. his original plan, they tried a new weapon. I don't remember this. The new weapon was economics. And the only thing that the city came together and galvanized because of Thomas and Martha Wayne's murder. Oh. So what he his 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 monologue was that the the, the weapon of economics was working until Thomas and Martha Wayne were murdered, and the city, you know, li- it limped along afterwards. So what I'm saying is that you you are saying the original Ra's al Ghul strategy was actually working. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Really? Me. Oh, I haven't seen Batman Begins in forever. But so, so his original plan was, I'm going to subtly manipulate the the economy of Gotham City. Well, that didn't work. So I'll put like poison on a train and <laughs> blow steam everywhere. <laughs> Those are very different strategies. Those just don't feel very connected in terms of... <laughs> you are right. 
I haven't seen that movie in forever. I watched The Dark Knight a fair amount, but I haven't seen Batman Begins. In I still time. like the ba- Batman Begins, I think, is still a really good movie. <laughs> I just think of that guy at the end of Batman Begins, the, the exposition machine where he's <laughs> the train is barreling down and he's, he's like burning. He's trying to create steam to spread Scarecrow's drug or whatever. And then yeah. there's the guy in like the control room being like, if that train makes it to 8th Street, everything's going to blow. Just <laughs> keep cutting to that guy. <laughs> You're right. Well, what it that makes, makes me, me laugh. It makes me laugh, but for a different reason. I think of Lloyd Bridges. It's is that right for us? Right. From yeah. an airplane. It does have that vibe. Is it played by Nick from Last Action Hero, that guy? I almost want to say I can it say where you I can see <laughs> where you guy. think that, but no, it is not. Him. Okay. So, All right, so you, you gave it to economics. Yes. Economic okay. hardship is what I gave it to. That's, you amazed me. It wrecked the whole town. I would not have even cut uh, seriously. I, if you gave me probably 20 minutes to sit here and guess what abstract con- <laughs> concept you came up with to give the reg, I would not have come up with economics. And I am the finance economics person of the podcast. And that's, that's the real uh, weapon. I mean, I think Razzle Gould was right. Anyway. <laughs> I actually I actually do think it's a good weapon if you were trying to destroy a, a civilization or a city. I mean, it, it, yeah, it kind of is. I don't think there's any denying it. Okay, right. let's move on. Let's rate this thing. Punching car accident victim. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my film. All right, the Rocky rating where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed to Spider Rico. You want me to go first or would you like to go first? I'll go first just because I'm the one that's relatively positive. Right. I'm going to give it a clever lang. I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it up to a point. I'm probably not planning to watch it again anytime soon. I'm not planning to buy it on Blu-ray, but, you know, a couple years I'll probably be like, yeah, I'd watch that again. Okay. I enjoyed it for what it is. It's a, It's a dumb movie trying to be a smart movie and failing but as far as dumb action movies go i mean moment to moment i was i was on board so there was there was enough here that i was torn of it certainly wasn't gonna be a spider rico for me so to me it was the cutoff between a tommy gun and a mason dixon uh because there wasn't a ton did we explain yet that we rate the movies based on rocky opponents no that's how i I let into it okay sorry that's my job on the show other than for silk kozar in case people are coming in eight and eight, seven and a half years into it and choosing Samaritan to be their first episode that they're going to delve into with us. Who knows? I can't imagine that would be the case. Um, so, yeah, with that, I, I went back and forth. The action sequence, as we said, I really did, I, I did think it was pretty well done. The one was really weak, but I liked the, the relationship or the scenes. I thought, you know, good performances by a child actor in Stallone. So I went back and forth, but ultimately I, I wound up on a Tommy gun. It's just, it's not a movie that I probably ever see again. It's, I hadn't made the RoboCop connection. I was so, so stuck on Watchmen, but it is, it's trying to be something that already exists and it's derivative and it's not doing, it's not adding anything new. So I don't hate the movie and I don't think it's like, oh my God, I, I want my, you know, I want that hour and 40 minutes of my life back, but it's not enough to get it to where it was like an, you know, an average movie for me from Mason Dixon, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame anybody. Like you rated higher, I I can I can understand why you it, did. It's interesting how this kind of illustrates um, our different expectations from like movies in general. Where for me, I agree with everything you said in terms of like it's not doing anything new. We've seen all this before, um, but for me, it's like it's doing it well, and it's like I've seen all these individual pieces in a hundred different action movies. Uh, it is doing nothing new, but it does it competently, and I enjoyed that, and I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Whereas I think it sounds like you, if a movie's not bringing something new to the table, you're just not going to be impressed. It certainly to get up into like Apollo Creed and probably even Clubber Lang, it's probably tough for me. It doesn't have to. I mean, but 
the performances then have to be really good, or I think then the story, if it's going to be just, you know, like, I think that there can be derivative material or something that feels like it is property that I've already seen. Maybe a good example, and it's actually an Amazon product, and I know it's based on a graphic novel or comic, so it's not completely the same. It feels like The Boys is a little bit derivative of Watchmen, but that said... There's enough like new stuff in there, and maybe it's just it pushes the envelope maybe a little bit more. It feels like there's enough new stuff or like interesting, crazy heroes that they add that the, I feel like there's something new to it that I'm like, all right, you know, this. I still think Watchmen is like the better story without a doubt. Tonally, they're very different, but totally. yeah, it's doing a similar you know deconstruction for sure. Yeah, and so like I, I would probably if that was a movie, I wouldn't say it was an Apollo Creed because I still think that Watchmen is the standard kind of for that. But that might be more like Clubber Lang or Mason Dixon for me because there, there's adding more new melons. There just there wasn't enough here. The performances couldn't carry it enough. I think they're good. The action is pretty good, but I just overall, I don't think it's something that I like. I'm clamoring to ever see again. So yeah, it's probably below average. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not clamoring either. But I, you know, down the line as time goes on, I'm like I, I, five years from now, I can see myself going like, I liked that movie. I need to watch right. it again. Right. I don't so, blame you. I don't blame you. All right. Here's the question. What's the future? Where are you taking us? You're driving. Okay. Well, since this movie was an incredibly recent movie that came out less than a year ago. Oh my God, is this something from the 70s? The future is the past. Yes, I'm I'm taking us back, back to the 70s. to the future. Um, I'm taking us back to Sylvester Stallone's directorial debut. This is the movie. All I know about this movie, I don't really know much about what it's about. Or where we can find it. Um, or we, where we can find it. Hopefully it's available. But um, Stallone wanted, they, they wanted Stallone to make Rocky too. And he's like, I'm not going to make it unless you let me direct it. And they said, well, you never directed anything before. And he said, okay, I wrote this. I'll write, I'll direct this and prove to you that I can direct it. And so basically it's the movie. He, he only made it so that he can prove that he could direct, so that he could make, he could direct Rocky too, is my sense of it. Okay. But it doesn't mean it's bad. I don't know. This is early in his career. It might be an interesting, uh, you know, artifact. We're going to watch Paradise Alley. Paradise Alley. I don't know anything about it. You don't, even know like the, you, you don't know what it's about even? Nope. Okay. I only know, I know what it's about and that's, I, I won't, uh, All right, I, I don't think it's really something to spoil, but I, I, I know what the subject matter is. It, it'll be interesting to compare to the He's Rocky a union movie. organizer like Fist, right? <laughs> well, I do think that this was basically his third movie. Like he made Rocky and then he got cast in Fist and he made Fist and then he directed this. I think that's okay. the timeline. Right. So this is, this is his follow up to Fist. So, hey. So yeah, that'll be next. It'll be Paradise Alley. All right. I had to look down to remember to remind myself what this movie is called because we've never heard of this movie before we started this podcast. I definitely it is not a movie that stood the test of time, but it's his directorial debut, so it's noteworthy for that. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed the show, please like us on your podcast app of choice and maybe write us a favorable review. Yep. And uh, if you know folks who might like the show, all your Paradise Alley fans out there, <laughs> let them know about the show and have them tune in. I would love to know the Venn diagram of action movies and Paradise Alley fans, if there are any Paradise Alley fans. It's it, the Paradise Alley fans. The Venn diagram is like a point. Like there's no dimen- <laughs> It's a one-dimensional point. I don't know. Maybe it's got fans. I died. Who has ever heard of this movie? I can't wait for them to like come out of the woodwork and just tear it into us when they hear that we've ripped on. I, we haven't even seen it. And don't even actually. You know what it's about. I don't even know what it's about. I'm hopeful about it. I mean, it's it's in that early, interesting, you know, new Rambo or new Rambo, new uh, Brando. 
the new <laughs> Rambo he, he wasn't yet Rambo. He hadn't he hadn't made a Rambo movie yet, but he was a new Brando. He was a, but he was a new Rambo. <laughs> well, he is, he will become the new Rambo in the future of Paradise Alley. But at the time, he was a new Brando. He was he, he was in the seven in the late seventies. He was the new Brando. In the early eighties, he was the new Rambo, and now he's the old Rambo. But he's not the son of Rambo. No, that's that's a different guy. That's Will Poulter, who is now in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Every time I see a trailer for that, oh, I didn't know that. It's like that's that kid from Son of Rambo. He's like thirty now. Wow, I'm he's, gonna have to now check out the trailer. I mean, I've seen the trailer, but I hadn't made that connection. He's the he's Adam. He's the glowing guy. Oh, remember at the end of two, they're like we've created Adam, and we're like, what? What does that mean? We get to find out, and it's it's the son of Rambo. All right, now I'm sorry. It's not that kid. It's his friend. It's the, the kind of a troublemaking kid. Okay. Either way, now I've got another. I'm excited about Guardians Three. I've got another new connection to to make and remind me. I haven't seen Summer Rambo since we covered it. Maybe I'll watch it again. Okay. Well, but in the meantime, I got to watch Paradise Alley. That's right. Because we'll be back with Paradise Alley. <laughs>